All right, everybody, welcome back. It is Thursday yet again. Bearded Drums live here with you. Um, let me make sure. Yeah, everything's good. Audio should be good. All right, we are good to go. So again, welcome everybody. Jarrett and I here for you, like we are every Thursday. Jarrett, how is your week going? Hopefully, a little better. Oh, been it's just it's <laughs> been busy. Tiny improvements. Yeah, we didn't make much money over Memorial. No. Mm-mm. You said it was busy, but no money. No money. Was it because it was a bunch of young kids? It was a bunch of, like, everyone. Yeah. All all ages and sizes. and I mean, we had, on Friday alone, our shift did uh, from, from, was it 4 to 11, we did 52 jackpots. And our toke box was not even remotely full. Dang. Yeah, I've kind of like gotten really, really lucky. Um, past couple of days, like I had one lady um, give me a hundred, and then I got like a couple of twenties. But that's been about it, you know. Stingy people, come on now. <laughs> Jarrett has drums to buy. We need tips, bro. <coughs> yeah. We need tokes. Drop them. Drop them. Drop them. And then I purple well, chips only. I had an interview for a new job. That's right. You told me for the uh, HR position. We ah. have a couple. So I went and interviewed for that. So um, how do you feel about that? Probably not going to get it. That's what they're looking for. But my name gets passed around. They have well, my resume. And I, the biggest thing is because she was talking about like the job she wish I would have known about. She goes, you definitely should have applied for that if you knew about it. And I was like, I didn't. Yeah. She's like, because I probably would have more likely gotten that one just because of all the stuff I've already done. Yeah. And plus my degree, I would have gotten that one. But the other two are like way up higher. But I got a chance to interview with their HR director and not just like. Well, but plus I was going to say, uh, you know, you've been there for a while. You're on your third position now. Like that's the fact that they see that you want to move up in that company and stay there. That's yeah. o- that's only can work for you, I think, in the long run. Yeah, I've been there three years. You know, too, and so. you know, another position, a good one, opens up a year or two down the road, and they're like, "Oh yeah, well, he's been here this long. He's moved around a bit, so he's knowledgeable. You know, he's applied for other. You know, so I think, like I said, in in the long run, it'll be good. And then you just have a regular old office job. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be you and Brenda hanging out. Yeah, basically. <laughs> if you don't know, Brenda is the yeah. great Hugh Barlow's wife. They work at the same casino, so yeah, y'all just be office people in khakis hanging out all day. Oh yeah, I'll definitely have. I'll definitely ask Hugh for some of his uh, his CDs, and I'll get those records put on. I have like a little. There you I go. Like, yeah, so <laughs> those don't come by the office. It's like, hey JT, what's up? We're like, oh nothing, man. Just listen to uh, to whatever, whoever it is. Got some. Uh, what's that one I was like listening to? He has one of those Louis Armstrong uh, combos. Uh, he has oh, that, that I don't plays. Even remember? He's got so many good ones. They're just like. Yeah, we were coming back from, where were we? The Hangout, and uh, Dakota and I were talking, and uh, I was like, yeah, blah, 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 I think I have a CD of me playing like 15 years ago, and uh, I mean, we don't use CDs now, you know, nowadays, yeah. so what's ever in that six-disc changer in my car is just what stays in there. It's always been in there, and trying to find the CD of, of me and Noonan playing, uh, I found I had to go through two Hugh albums, and and Dakota was like, "What's that?" I'm like, "Oh, it's Hugh," you know, blah blah blah, big band kind of sound yeah. thing. Um, so yeah, it's always just so you know, Hugh, I've got your stuff in my car, 
constantly. And I so have gotten none of it. I have, I have no copies. <laughs> quite, quite saddened. And I, th- I think about that all the time now. Like, there are certain things I would transfer digitally. I, you know, nothing has a disk drive in it anymore. I'm like, how do I? Yeah. How do I take any of these CDs, and without purchasing something, I don't want to go purchase some twenty already, dollar yeah. thing on Amazon. Um, there's got to be a way to. The Xboxes used to be able to do that. I don't know if they do that anymore, because this was back when you could hold all your music library like on the hard drive of the Xbox. It's probably all cloud based now. But at least back in the day, the old Xbox, the 360, you could rip. Yeah, I had a couple of uh, of, of albums I'd put on mine, and I'd as I play Call of Duty, I'd play them through the Xbox into my Turtle Beaches. <laughs> I was like, "What are you listening to? This is Code and Cambridge Burning Star 4. which uh, is better than the rest of the time when I'm on Call of Duty and it's nothing but a bunch of dudes with their favorite music blaring in the room. Yeah. So now it's coming through the mic, and I have to mute you. Like, do like you download the music onto the Xbox or whatever you have to do nowadays, and pipe it into your headphones. Yeah. So I don't have to hear. Toby Keith blaring <laughs> through your <laughs> through your microphone while I'm kicking your butt across the map. Anyway, uh, so yeah, um, I don't know how to do that, and it's going to be sometime soon where it's going to be like even a couple albums of of mine where I, that I played on. I got to get them digitally transferred somehow because at least for the Fort Bayou Slim records, I have two unopened copies that I don't want to open just for sentimental reasons. Yeah, but I have no other way to. Get because of like oh you know, you know Fort by you Slim blah 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 I don't know if anybody's ever heard that because I've only got it on CD and I would even love it's like the meme you know you go back and listen to yourself twenty years later and you're like oh oh yeah I want to go back to that album and that would have been I would have been like twenty four twenty three I would love to listen to you at my age. Now. I want I want to hear it because I went into that. I it was funny. It was the first time I ever got to really do like the deal. Like, yeah, we're leaving town. The whole band in a car. We're driving to a studio to spend. I think we were there for three or four days. For like three days of recording the entire album. And so I was young. We go. We drive out to Austin, Texas. It's the it's the brother of the guy that owns the shed. Um, Orson, Brad Orson, and then yeah. this is the other brother, and uh, lives in in uh, Austin. Producer, recording engineer, built himself a a really nice studio behind his house. So we get there, and I did what most people probably do, <laughs> being young and being the first time I ever actually recorded yeah i brought like the biggest kit i could find uh, mapex orion 22 10 12 14 16 the one with the hanging toms that i had. yeah every freaking symbol i owned probably two or three snare drums and actually managed to use most of it like yeah set all the symbols up had the kit Managed to remember to like switch the snares out for different tunes for whatever the feel was. Um, as where now, 15 years later, 14 years later, I would go in with a four piece, like three cymbals, and be like, that's it. Yeah. Mic it up. Two mics. Let's go. I don't even care. Like, you don't want, no. <laughs> let's get it. Let's get it done. I don't need all this stuff. Maybe two snares, a metal and a wood. Um, so it's funny, like you said, to see the difference of like, yeah, man, load the trailer up. And now I'm like, nah, man, load the car up. up. That's 
You should. I wish you would have could have seen the kit I got to do those demos with my band on. It was a uh, mismatched kit of of craziness. Um, it was an old '70s Acrylite standard. Okay. Um, and then the bass drum was a, uh, an MIJ with a, a controlled sound batter. Nothing on the rezo. Just stuff with so pillows. Pump city. Oh yeah. And the toms were like from some Mapex or something. Uh, but like super old, and it was it was really cool how uh, it was all done. So he had a ten, and he had a thirteen with legs, Whoa. with a twenty inch kick. That actually sounds interesting. It man. was it's a, it's pretty cool sound. Um, and I mean, then, that's the Midtown, yeah, ten thirteen. I love it. And so that was the that was the kit I played, and then the symbols I got to use mine. Um, so I had the the fourteen inch K's. I had the uh, dark complex two ride. And then I had the cluster crash, and then I brought an extra one, and I had the sweet crash on the right. So that was my little setup. And a very small cramped corner. Um, How did it sound? It sounded the really, kit. really, really good. That, so there that, was a, that, obviously a yeah. reason, like, they mismatched that for a purpose. Like, this kick is dope. Those toms are dope, but their kick is not good. This, you know, so that, that's, that, that's very cool. Because the bass drum he had, he couldn't get it to sound as well as he wanted, if I remember correctly. And so that bass drum's on loan from a buddy of his. Oh. And so that's what it is. It's an MIJ. I was like, what is? I'm like, that, that's a midge. And everyone's like, well, I'm like, it's made in Japan. It's like, no name. It's like, it's good stuff. He's like, yeah, you just, you just had that leftover head, and we put it on and a bunch of pillows. And if you guys want to possibly see that kit, you can go on to YouTube, look up the Fairview Sound. Um his name's Brennan White. He just started a little YouTube channel not too long ago. Nice. He's got a little uh, mini series he's gonna be working on um, with local bands in Jackson, and they're trying to bring uh, like the live concert feel to showcase bands in the area. Oh well, and then they the, need it. And they're f they're having their first premiere is on the fourth, which is tomorrow at I want to say seven a.m. on his YouTube channel. Nice. So the Fairview Sound. Um, he's amazing at what he does it's like because cool. it, he's living like duplex so the left side of it is is him and his wife and then the right side of the studio and then the right side someone else oh about yeah but they're super cool about it though is the thing is that he just lets them know ahead of time because uh, right now he's got he's working with swindle right now to get him a kit made that's cool um so you can, he can give those other parts back to those dudes he's had alone um well, it's an all it's it's a cool little space and he's really good at what he does um he has a couple things he just previewed for anyone out there who sings or does any like home studio stuff he did a thing on um why your microphones don't have to be expensive and he did a huge shootout between eight vocal mics um everything from like some fancy 500 dollars one to a, um, a 12 gauge mic um which is literally uh, a buckshot shell with a condenser in it oh that's for 45 dollars yeah the guy makes them oh that's cool um, and he does his whole thing and he does this cool like line vocal line and then he breaks them all from like the the first vocal like back to back to back and shows you like each different mic and he gives like a little cheat sheet he's like if you have a singer who has a dark voice use a bright mic you guys with a bright vo with a bright voice use a dark use a dark sounding mic huh. it's like if they're not very articulate and he's like use one that is if they're over articulate he's like use a duller mic so you're not bringing out yeah. more whatever and he has like a little it's cool little short bits whatever i've kind of dug into it today recently before i came over that's cool so yeah remember check that out that is the 
Fairview Sound yeah. with, what's his name? His name's Brendan White. Yeah, and obviously they'll have something going on tomorrow morning on their YouTube channel, so you can check that out. But that's cool. Yeah. Um, and neat to hear. Like, And I guess that's probably real common in studios that they do a mismatch kit because obviously it doesn't matter what it looks like. Nobody's ever going to see it as long as it sounds perfect then, you know. Yeah, and he does a little a little uh, short bit on um why you should use a room mic. Yeah. You'll see his room's not very big. But he gets behind a kit, and he has an SM57. He has it up high in the middle, lower towards the room, mm-hmm. then close, and then kind of against the wall. He does the whole wall method yeah, because um, his space is so small. Yeah. Um, and it sounds really cool. He's got it all mixed in. He's, his, his bread and butter is mixing. Um, he doesn't do any mastering for the most part. He's a big mix guy. Um, and he's traditionally a guitar player. Uh, plays a little bit of drums when he has to. Um, there's a couple things he's done for folks where he's played everything. Um, but his main instrument is guitar. He's a killer, killer guitar player. I cannot remember his band's name, but he shreds. Well, he's cool. really, really good. Um, so check it out. If when anyone's did you out go there. up there? I went up there last year. Okay, so this wasn't. Recent, this was a while back. Oh, I was so thinking, like, you didn't, I, didn't, I didn't remember you saying something. I remember my band went and did those demos a while back. I got you. Um, and those demos sound really good for him, like spending like two hours just mixing it, mixing it, like and did like light mastering. Yeah, yeah. He just did a couple things and was like, "All right, we're done." Huh. It was mostly for us to practice too, and for him to have an idea of what to do. We went into the actual studio with the guy who's going to be helping him run everything. Yeah. Um, but he was he was killer. He's a it's a pleasure to work with. That's cool. Well, yeah, y'all check that out. That is the again the Fairview Sound. On YouTube, and again, I think he said they'll have something going on tomorrow morning. But either way, go check the channel out and uh, you know give it a look. Um, so, uh, anybody saying hey before we start with the show yeah. today? We got Mike Malone saying, "I made it on time for once." That's Some right. Lesson schedule kicking in. That's always a plus. I saw he's got gigs. Charlie had his first gig. Nice uh, this past week. Um, very happy for Charlie. We got David Huckstep says, what's up, gentlemen? Hope your day is going good. Good morning, sir. We got David Bygum saying, hey, hey, y'all. What's up? What's up, David? We got BB Photo. Hello, gents. Please post a link to the microphone test. I will um, go in the comments when we're done, and I'll post it there, BB, and then I'll also do a, a link on Facebook, so you can check those two out, to his actual channel. Yeah, and, and I'll, his Facebook. T- uh, as well, I will go in and put the link in the description when we get done. Um, he said audio levels just seem a bit low on my end. Not much could use a plus three to six dB. And then he goes, levels okay now. I was probably just talking kind of low. Yeah, yeah. I've noticed you, you You got your mic pointed funny, but it, that's why I put my ears back in. It sounds fine. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm trying to get the the, the angle. No, you're, not, you're pointing it away from me. I thought I had it. Thanks, Dad. Well, you said come sideways, so I was trying to make sure I am. Sideways, yeah, but I. What where what is it? There it is, seventeen. I've noticed because I've been playing with it the whole time since day one. I'm not really noticing any difference between like straight on mm-hmm. and that kind of talking across it thing. Yeah. So I don't think it. You know, I watched a bunch of those when I first started looking at what mic to get, and probably like most things when you first start, you're like, yeah, follow the rules to the T, and I'm like, no, it doesn't matter as long as you're up on top of the mic. Yeah, that's all that matters. Cool beans. Well, that's it. Um, he just says thanks. No problem, BB. Thank you. Awesome. Good to see everybody. Glad y'all are all here. 
Um, we were talking right before uh, we started today, and uh, Jarrett mentioned that he was looking for some stuff, as I usually am, as he always is. And, uh, you know, obviously uh, kind of dependent upon, like normal, selling some more gear and getting some cash in to, to purchase new stuff with. Yeah. But you had mentioned what you were looking for. Um, so go ahead and tell them before I, I guess, before I get the picture up. Let me find it first. Um, yeah, there it is. And tell them what you've been looking for, and then we'll show the one that you're kind of looking at. So I've been kind of falling in love with Steven's, um Two up, one down. When, right. I, when I come over, I've I haven't played a five piece kit in forever. To be fair, neither of us, I, you, me, Phil, uh, I think Pat does. Um, Richie did back in the day, but you, me, and Phil, from what I can remember, it's been a long time, if ever, that yeah. I've seen any one of us play a five kit piece kit. And like he said, I don't know, two weeks ago, I was like, ah, oh, you know. What the H? Let's just throw it up there yeah. and see what happens. And now I can't get away. It was weird Sunday night. You weren't there, but it was weird, before, or rather before you got there, once you got off work, uh, it was weird to play that Midtown again because I was like, oh, there's no 12. Yeah. Just 10 to, 10 to 13. So, yeah, Jarrett and I are big four-piece guys, and whether it's a modern or, modern or a vintage setup. So it's really strange to hear either of us talk, much less both of us, to talk about yeah. a five-piece. So anyway, continue. The last time I had a five piece was when I owned that kit, and I got rid of that to Pat in 2011, 12. So it's been almost 10 years. Yeah. Um, which is, sounds dumb saying that out loud. <laughs> uh, <laughs> since I've played a five piece, uh, let alone owned one. Um, well, I, did, I had that stage custom, but I just played one. But no, play. like, I, yeah. what all yeah. of us do, it's either rotating the 10 and the, the 12, 12 to the front position, yeah. but one is always on the shelf. Yeah, it just sits there. And I, you buy heads for it, but it just sits there. Yeah, until yeah. You, <laughs> until you swap it out. Uh, <laughs> you play the 14 more than anything else out of those kits. Um, but I've been kind of inspired uh, from getting on your kit over there. And so I've been looking at getting a USA custom Gretsch uh, 10, 12, 14, 20. Um, they kind of go with my snare drum and everything, and I was perusing, and I saw this really sweet kit, like super duper dope. Uh, Where'd you see it? I saw it on Reverb, and it's Ooh. in that cool tiger finish that I saw a guy has a Brooklyn kit in that finish, and I'm like, that's awesome, because it's kind of like the Strata kit from the Ludwig, but it's way funkier. I that guess. is a super funky mix, because... The br the black and the brown are pretty normal um, when you see the like the three or four colors they use. But am I wrong, or is there some kind of gray or light blue mixed in there? Like the light sections, not the white, but it almost looks like there's something like a gray or a possibly. But it, to me, it's the orange that I love so much about it. It's, it's a, nice. A, yeah, it's super cool, and it's a USA custom. And um, the cool thing about that kit, which to me is like. You can never have too many of them. You get two snare drums with it. Yeah. So above the floor tom, it's a five and a half by fourteen. The floor tom's a fourteen by fourteen. The snare drum on the ground, that's a six and a half by fourteen. You get a uh, eight by twelve rack tom with a direct to shell mount on it. So none of that funny business. And then on the bass drum, it's a fourteen by sixteen kick with the double prep muffler for the rezo 
and the batter side. And the reason why I've kind of been considering when I saw that, I'm like, getting the other one is that I watched a demo of a kit that Steve Maxwell has. They use in their symbol room. It's a concert time kit, but it's 10, 12, 14, 14 by 16 inch kick drum with the 5 by 13 snare drum. And they have that set up um, in their cymbal room. So as you go and try out cymbals, you have kind of like a, a true to size, you know, kit to practice, you know, play on. As you try the cymbals out, it takes up a small footprint. And I'm like, God, I, if I can get some stuff moved, that'll that probably finish, be. Though, is I, I love that finish. And you rarely see guys that have that. Yeah. And to have two snares with it. That's, I mean, it's a, it's a really nice setup. Granted, we were just talking about five pieces and it's a four piece, but yeah, that finish is really nice. And I'm, I don't know why my eye keeps getting drawn to that bass drum, but that bass drum looks like it. This may sound dumb. The bass drum looks like it sounds good from a picture. Like I can already hear that bass drum. I'm going to have to show you the video of Steve Maxwell's that they have. Yeah. It sounds so good. Like even at like the low tuning. It's got this like big, we I call it woolly. Got this big like kind of like oh 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 kind of like thump to it, and then you go up to like the mid tuning, and it gets to that like classic Gretsch bass drum sound, mm-hmm. where it's kind of like it's kind of high, but it's not. It's it's this nice like 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 a bounce kind of sound to it, yeah. and then when you have it cranked, it sounds like any other bebop kit that Gretsch has ever put out. It's the bebop tuning always sounds amazing, but God the for that sixteen. That well, it sounds so good in that video, and I'm like, it it, ha- it has to sound the same because they're both yeah. modern. Um, it's a really USA. nice looking kit, and then I see that they've got you know either 42 on the bottom of that six. I can I can imagine how good that probably like that's that's a really nice setup. And the cool thing is with that snare drum, the five and a half that it has, they all have internal mufflers on the snare drums. And it's just like my broadcaster. That one has the super sensitive locking th- nice. throw. But the, the six and a half has, the, you see the lightning throw off. Yeah. But to me, it's like I get another push button. Like, yeah. bing, 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 bing. Like, that's really cool. So if I can get some stuff moved and sold, uh, that's going on the list of, like. Yeah, that's really nice. Um, th- that It kind of reminds me of um, some of those cool Yamaha finishes. Yeah. The, the hand-painted ones. Yeah. Um, I know they don't do that shade, but um, and, I, and obviously that is a Gretsch Ludwig Rogers thing. Obviously, way before Yamaha, but uh, that if for some reason it reminds me of the Yamahas. It looks really nice. So maybe we, maybe you get lucky and somebody will buy something and you can go after that. I hope so, man. If that guy gets that Yamaha kit and I can get that uh, that Ludwig sold. That's that's money. Yeah. yeah. Good luck. Yeah, <laughs> and and I'll, and the, the, hopefully that it'll stay on reverb or wherever it is. It's been there for a while. The price has come down quite a lot because it retails for like thirty five because of everything. Yeah, yeah. But they brought the price down, so I'm gonna try to get some stuff sold if I can. Super. That'd be nice. such a cool kit. I mean, I'd <laughs> play the snot out of that. That that would that'll definitely be like the rehearsal kit, and then I don't know. That'd be my main if it was uh if it was mine. If I could figure out how to play gigs with not having like any like subwoofers and stuff, yeah, yeah. Um, at gigs, I would definitely be the one that comes out. I play in a rock band with a sixteen-inch kick drum. Fight me. <laughs> you know, my cymbals are bigger than my bass drum. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 
Uh, so for today, uh, first piece of housekeeping that we can get to, because I don't really have anything to talk about. Um, as far as my week, other than just practicing as normal, um, working my little booty off, I've gotten to the point now where it's like pretty much from noon to four every day, and then I've been getting really cheeky and getting bored about one o'clock in the morning and going from like one to two. So I'm, I feel like I'm in a constant state of warm. Doing two a days. That's right, buddy. Two, <laughs> two and two a days. So like I said, that's about all I've got going on for the week besides gigs coming up. Um, Starting tomorrow. Uh, but for today, uh, I got to give props to Mr. Mike Malone for bringing it up and uh, messaging both you and I in the group chat on Instagram. And I felt kind of dumb when I saw it because I, Mike, I used that promo code for Sticker Mule all the time. And I just use different emails so I can always get that dollar D. It's a dollar for 10 stickers. And uh, I've done it with the bearded drums logo. I've done it with that stupid sticker of my face that with I put the pearl on. hat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is now that picture of me, just my dumb head in the pearl hat with the sunglasses <laughs> on is <laughs> spread across. I think everywhere from Lake Charles, Louisiana to Key West. Florida. <laughs> and I just put one on at the hangout in nice. Gulf Shore. So I always, anyway, the point being is I use that promo code, Mike all the time. And I didn't, I can't, I've just, maybe it's because it's been so long since I've done a, you know, a stupid picture or whatever for a dollar. Uh, I've just forgot about it. So when he sent it today, I was like, that's right. So Mike had a great suggestion for all you legacy members, um, to, you know, kind of come up with something for you. And before I even get to that, um, now before I show this, remember Jarrett is the one that looks at the comment section constantly while we're doing this. I'm yeah. trying to switch and do all the other stuff. So if your name is not on the list you are about to see, do not get butt hurt. It is just what I could think of when I was sitting here loading everything up for today. So with Jarrett's help and obviously like today in the comments, don't be mad if you're not on there right now. I'll update it every week and we'll add and make sure all the legacy members are up. So, but as for right now, as a big thank you to all you guys that hang out with us every week, we want to pay tribute to all of our legacy members. And like I said, don't be mad if you're not on here. I will update this. But Josh Breslow, the bespoke drummer himself, sending stuff every week. Mark Whitman, who I think may still be on vacation in Puerto Rico. Uh, Mr. David Huckstep, AR Drummer. Our good buddy, Charlie Smith, from across the pond in the UK that is always fishing information for us. Mr. Spencer Cragseth. Mike Malone himself. The man, Dakamomo, our good buddy from Japan, Richie Henry, and my buddy for a long time through the channel, David Sapertnant. Thank all of you for hanging out with us every week, always being really lively in the chat, giving us stuff to talk about, uh, you know, busting our chops sometimes. So that for right now is just the initial list of the legacy members. So like I said, don't be mad if you're not on there. With Jared's help, I will update this, and he can tell me, oh, you forgot. Like, I think I forgot nothing but drums. He's on here mm -hmm. and has been for a while. But anybody that I just couldn't think of in the five minutes I had to type this up, we'll get you on there. But that, for now, is the version one of the legacy member list. Yeah. Um, so Mike Malone, like I said, messaged us today 
and was like, you know, he sent me this promo code to Sticker Mule where it's for a dollar, you get 10 die-cut vinyl stickers for a dollar. Yeah. You just send them the image, and it's really useful um, because they auto-crop everything. And I suggest anybody, if you ever ever need stickers or coasters or anything like that, Sticker Mule is, like, really affordable. I've used them, before, like, actually paid for stuff and used them before. So they're really useful, really easy, and I think um, it takes about a week to get it as far as once they get the order in, print the stickers, cut them up, and mail them to you. It's like yeah. a week. Um, so with the help of Mike Malone, who just reminded me about the – the little uh, logo deal that they do for a, a short periods of time, and then they do it on and off with the dollar for 10 stickers. Um, we now have, for the first 10 guys that I just showed you, which I'll go back to the list, for all of you that you see here, and you know, kind of thanking you for hanging out with us every week and always being lively in the chat, we are going to soon have the legacy sticker for... All of you legacy members. And like I said, you can see how they automatically crop out and shape it. Um, I put the order in today. Uh, so I think June 14th we should have the stickers. And then I'll be doing mine as well. And that'll give us another 10. Yeah. Because um, definitely they'll cover BB and the other Davids. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we'll, you know, and like I said, this is just the initial us getting started yeah. with this. So the guys that. You just saw on the list all the guys with this name. Josh, Mark, David, A.R. Drummer, Charlie Smith, Spencer, Mike Malone, Doc Amomo, Richie Henry, and David Supertinent. If all of you guys, and I know some of you obviously aren't here today, so we'll have to keep up with this. Um, I need anybody that's here now to email beardeddrums at gmail.com, all lowercase. Send me your address so I can mail out your sticker to you when they come in. And like I said, we will update this list as we go. And as I get addresses in, you will get the Bearded Drums Legacy Member sticker that you can put wherever you like, on the front of your bass drum, on the back of your pickup truck, on the resonant head of your tom. On the... Your snare case. That's where. Probably, yeah, that's probably that's, the that's, more. That's probably yeah. hard. <laughs> it's a soft case. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> so we will. As soon as I get these in, and as soon as I get your corresponding address in, we will be sending out the Bearded Drums Legacy member. And they're really nice stickers. They're not like cheap paper stickers. They're oh, good. they're solid. They're kind of they're kind of thick. Yeah, they're the vinyl die cut. So again, I'll put the list back up. If you see your name. Up on this screen, that means you need to email beardeddrums at gmail.com and send me your mailing address. And like I said, I know, I don't think Mark is here. David may or may not be here. I don't know if Spencer's here, but we'll keep up with everybody. And as I get the addresses in, we'll get your sticker sent out to you. And then next week, like as soon as we get done tonight, Jared will be like, oh yeah, you forgot blah, blah, blah. You forgot blah, blah, blah. I'll add them to the list and every week we will put the updated picture up and thank all of you for being legacy members and like i said that's half the fun of it for us is y'all hanging out in the chat busting our chops and you know obviously hanging out with us every week yeah and if and if you're a legacy member that does watch continuously but just doesn't comment because you just enjoy the watching part 
Yeah. Um, just leave a comment, say, you know, to say, hey, I am watching. This is me. And that way I can add you to the list, you know, because we do have numbers come in and out during the stream of guys that can catch it. And sometimes they might not. Or like you said, uh, I'm this way. Like when I watch live streams um, or really just YouTube videos in general, I don't comment. I really don't comment on live. Um, so like, like he said, if you do watch every week and you, you know, would be considered a legacy member and you're just not the type like me to be shouting out in the comment section, you know, just give us one little comment to let us know who you are and, uh, you know, we'll take it from there. So I we'll just do the list and then we'll have it updated. We'll probably run it for like a couple of yeah. weeks to make sure we get everyone. Yeah. We'll run this one for a little while and keep it, you know, keep, keep everybody updated. Um, and obviously being that you're even being mentioned in the first place as a legacy member. At some point you're going to tune in within a three or four week period. Yeah. Um, like I said, I think Mark is still on vacation and I know I haven't seen David's appointment, um, here maybe in a week or two, but you know, I would expect within a certain window they'll chime back in and they'll see. So, because yeah, I haven't seen even, um, uh, even, um, Spencer in a while either. I haven't either. Um, and I think I remember one of the last times seeing him in the chat, it was something about him saying like, you know, good to hang out for a little while, but now I got to go. So he might work at this time or, you know, obviously we don't expect y'all to clear your schedule. Yeah. Thursdays at six to hang out with us. But for the ones that do hang out a lot, uh, we'll be doing that. So oh, yeah. I'll make sure to get with Jared and we will get uh, that updated, you know, this list so that the right guys are on there and we can properly thank you every week for hanging out with us. And if you watch this after the stream is over, Feel free to leave a your name in the comment section. Yeah. Like, hey, I'm you know, after the the live chat stuff's done with the video is a regular video, just put in the comment section, hey, I watch, just don't get a chance to, you know, comment or anything, and then that way we can all keep tallies and I can go back on his YouTube and then go through okay, so we got these extra guys and I'll make a note and tally of everything and Yeah. Um, like I said, just because you're not here live doesn't mean we don't want to hear what you say. So like he said, you know, not even for these stickers, but just in general, if you don't, if you just watch the playback, still leave a comment and, you know, we'll get to that question or that idea in the next episode, you know, the following week. Yeah, because I generally watch these, I'll rewatch what we just did on the way home, like listen to it. Yeah. As weird as that sounds, just to like, no, I mean, just I, for like, as like homework and then. Um, if anyone mentioned something in the comments that we didn't get to touch, you know, too much on, I'll have to go back over it and, and kind of think, you know, more about it and have that, you know, in my back pocket for the the next time. Yeah. yeah. So we'll be doing that every week. Um, just keep, you know, keep abreast of that. Um, anybody? Oh, yeah. Let's see. So we got... BB says, don't get it side now, sideways now with it about the microphone. Uh, BB continues, for options when tracking, I'll always have at least two up, two down, and a side snare. That's a lot of microphones to have all that going. Um, I used to always want to have two up, two down. I used to have a side snare for quite a while. And I had to, it was because of JoJo Mayer, seeing how he had his yeah. all set up. Because um, I played traditional when I was doing it, so I'd have it angled kind of funky away from me. I'd get these weird looks like, what is that for? Like, you know, I'm playing, and then I'd just move my hand over, and because it's angled away from me, I used to do all that. And I, ha I always had it super low, or I had it super cranked. Yeah. And I was either, either like, I'm getting what I call, you know, the purple rain reverb snare, <laughs> or, or I want to have, like, that big cracking, like, break a beat kind of sound, put a splash, make it sound funky and crunchy or whatever. 
Yeah, I, I and like I said, now that I've kind of moved into using the five piece, the only reason it really doesn't even bother me is because it's just one more rod. Now, if I had to carry a whole nother floor tom, I don't know that I could do that. And to be honest with you, every time I've tried double floor toms, I get, I guess, aggravated that I even have to turn a little bit. Yeah. To get to the other one. That's why I, I really could never do the two floor tom thing. But I didn't lose any, anything or gain that much weight. Now it's just the 12 in the bag and one more rod. Yeah. Um, the side snare thing, I just don't like having to carry another snare stand with me. Yeah. If there, if I could come up with some funky little mount to come off the hi-hat, I probably would. doesn't matter. I got rid of that little 10 that I had anyway. Um, and I can usually affect the sound enough on the main either by putting a bunch of like a cloth on top or doing a quick tuning and cranking it but I never typically do that um, probably because I'm old and lazy now and I don't want to yeah. carry anything around with me because I always wanted to get one of those like those M80s or those uh, yeah or the Gretsch what's it called um, Blackhawk yeah yeah I have off the side I always thought those were so neat um, it's like because they're Pretty affordable. They're not oh, yeah. very expensive. And they, they always give you the mountain stuff. And I thought it'd be super dope to have just to have one off to the side, just to have even for like a as much as I like to play light and stuff, you have that you can always turn the snares on like that cool like Tambale esque uh sound, yeah. you know, real high and then it's not really cool in the, in getting to play a samba, but and you can play it with a regular snare drum. I've always wanted a because I've seen one made it was like some guy that worked at Gretsch for like twenty or thirty years and when he retired I saw it in an article. They made him a six-inch snare, just like something that I guess he could put on it. But it worked. Like, yeah. it was functional. And I was like, man, that would be cool. I wondered how hard it would be to find something smaller than a 10. Yeah. And I found one. And it's one of those ones where it's already sold, but it still pops up in the Google search. Mm-hmm. It was a Gretsch Blackhawk 8-inch snare drum. It's like, oh, man, that would have been... I wouldn't even care about the fact that it's not the brand I play. Yeah. Just to have a little snare that'd be what that big yeah that would be super cool or have somebody make the eight i saw but if you really want to know i would like a six inch snare that'd be dope i mean i'm sure it'd be weird because like it would probably sound very choked because it's that big yeah but it would be cool put it right over the bass drum in between the snare and the floor tom oh that'd be super neat yeah that'd be super cool almost like a almost like a tambourine yeah yeah um but like real throw off that would probably be like four lugs. Yeah. Um, but like snare beds throw off, like a real actual snare. Um, somebody someday will put one up or have oh, some yeah. weird. One of these days. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then. Let's see. And then we got um, Mayberry Mayhem. Have you purchased any new symbols? Any update on the Istanbul Agop exist line? I have not purchased anything new. I've had a selling Steven on Sunday. I've had the uh, epiphany after playing his for so long. I've been playing Zildjian since I started playing drums. Um, and you I, have a nice collection of Zildjian symbols. I do. And the more of these guys I've been listening to online and more, I, I get so jealous because it's like, they have like now it's probably with their microphones and how they're playing, 
I mean, I'm not going to absolutely jump ship, but I really, I really want to like go to Memphis and like play a bunch of these before I like dump everything. Cause that's what getting to play around on your, it's like, they sound so good. And it's, and I've always liked the dark, older cake styled sound. Like I've always wanted that almost brittle, but it's not sometimes. And then get that real, just like deep, low, just like earth moving ride sound. Um, and they've been, I've been watching tons of videos this past week. Even on my break, I brought my headphones out. And so for more and more, even like more so net, like, I don't know. It's weird. Maybe it's, that thing like when you start looking for something then you start seeing it yeah but n- i'm not looking for them anymore so because i know what i like now i don't i'm not looking for them but now it seems like every other video is like either a dude with a full set of those or a dude mixing them in yeah um for my half of it yes i just received some more of the exist line stuff i don't really want to talk about the hi hats because I ordered the Istanbul Exist regular 13-inch hi-hats. These are not the dark, the dark and dries that have the real cool patina on them. These are just the standard Exist, kind of like an AA or an A similar symbol. Um, but I have the 15-inch in the regular Exist, and I love them. They're super fat and nice and washy, but I wanted also the opposite end and... So obviously skipping 14 from 15 going straight to 13 i'm gonna get a pretty polar sound yeah real fat and swishy uh you know with a lot of bottom in and bounce and like really high pitched and attacky for like good articulation so i from a seller who will remain nameless for now for now until we see what they do i ordered two exist symbols I ordered the Istanbul Exist 13-inch natural hi-hats. These are the regular ones, not the dark and dries. And I also ordered the Istanbul Exist dark and dry or dry and dark, whatever it's called, 12-inch splash. The symbols came in Friday of last week. Yeah. I have the splash up on the kit right now. I played it at 2 gigs and then the juke joint. Uh, you weren't able to come until you got off work, so you didn't really get to mess with it. But I like it. It sounds great. Um, th- I think the only downside with those Istanbul exists dark and dries is sometimes they can be a little lacking in projection of volume. Yeah. We learned that with the 20-inch crash. So I thought about, well, I could just, I would typically pick a 10. That's my favorite splash size. Yeah. But being that that volume rule is kind of in effect with those dark and dries, I was like, well, you might want to go with the 12, just a little bit bigger. And it was perfect. Even at Glory Bound, which is outside, you're losing all the sound. You could hear it. So super happy with that. So I will still give my recommendation. If you want to try out a cool, different sounding, dark, kind of funky, very articulate symbol, those Istanbul Exist Dry and Darks are by far the safest experiment you could I think take because they sound really cool, but also they're not terribly expensive. I think that 12 was $99. Yeah. Every other one I've bought has never really broke the bank. The hi hats are the ones that stay on my practice kit here. The 13 dark and dries. And I love those. 
Um, as for the hi-hats, the drum center, which will not be named, sent me the hi-hats I already own, guys. They don't even look the same in the picture. I get that it might be confusing because they're still called exist, but like one has a very obvious patina and hammering, and the other is a looks like an AA. Yeah, it's super laid. And yeah, there's, it there's... looks like a normal symbol. Like it's, but obviously everybody makes mistakes. Nobody's perfect, and I have ordered from this nameless drum center many of times, and they always do a great job. So I had to start the whole process of start the refund. Pack. I had it. I had it shipped that day. I got them in at like two thirty. Obviously, opened up the box. Was not happy. Within thirty minutes, around the corner, I was at the post office. Like, no, I'm not having this. So they've gotten them back, and I'm just waiting for my refund. And as soon as the refund actually hits my credit card, I'm going to reorder the hats again and start this whole what's probably going to be a week and a half process of getting them in from a different drum shop of Maine, who we will mention because they haven't done anything wrong yet. So, <laughs> so I'll be yet. doing that. <laughs> so, yes, the 12-inch uh, splash in the dark and dry is here. Another cool addition to the setup. And I would be able to talk to you about the hi-hats, but we don't have the correct ones yet, so when those do come in. So to answer, who was that? That was, that was Mayberry Mayhem. So to answer your question, a still highly recommended. Obviously, Mr. Zildjian over here is interested. That should say something. I basically liquidated everything but two of my entire Sabian collection to switch over to it, and I'm still happy. I use the regular Exist stuff for big gigs and the, the pop gigs I do. Um, they sound perfect, and then when I have a little bit more flexibility to be a little textured, I'll bring out the dark and dry stuff. I did that at the Juke Joint. Sunday, I brought the 20-inch crash with the spiral stacker on top and used it on the right-hand side. It was perfect. So, yeah, if y'all want to try that out, they're not very expensive to be as good as they are, and I, I still highly recommend checking out the Istanbul Exist line because short of that, anything else Istanbul is going to be so expensive. Well, I went through Reverb and found a bunch of, like, really cool um, used stuff in, like, the Sultan series and the traditional dark and, like, their their custom and then jazz lines. So they yeah. have so they have like they have like subdivisions of like the the bigger ones. Um like for the Sultan stuff, the jazz has a um raw bell and then the custom has a hammered bell. You know, so that that does affect the sound, you know, but not as drastic as the other stuff. But the, I was like looking through and I thought I almost bought them until I double checked where they're being sold from. I was like $600 for 14, 16, 20 in the sold series. I'm like, Ooh. I'll add them. I cry right now and buy that. And I looked at my, like, it's coming from Turkey. I'm like, no, I'm about to have to look through and double check it. Cause it's going to have that crazy price increase. Probably. Um, of the dollar to whatever they use. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I've realized, I found that out one time. I was like, I'm buying this for a hundred dollars. Why is it now 150? I was like, oh, it's going from U.S. to Canadian U.S. dollars. Or, so I'm like, okay, that's why. So I saw the – I've been checking for every post I see now. I was like, well, where is this actually coming from? I typically, as far as eBay, I don't I don't want to ex exclude anybody, but typically I put U.S. only in the filter because I just don't want to deal with – like that's the problem with Pearl. The coolest Pearl snare drums, the really custom stuff that gets made in the Japan factory, all the one-offs – 
they're all from obviously dudes that live in Japan. Yeah. Because there's hardly any shipping, you know, and that's their brand. They live there. Yeah. So I see all these cool one off snares all the time. And I can, ins- I don't even have to look anymore at where they're coming from because all of the ones from Japan will say whatever the price is, which is usually a good price, and then a hundred dollars shipping. Yeah. And I'm like, no. So I, I just don't. I would not only be afraid of something getting shipped from that far away, but then how long it would take, and having to pay a hundred dollars for shipping. I just typically set everything to U.S. only. You know? Yeah, and if guy- that limits me, that limits me. You had a guy from New Zealand ask about that uh, those gold Ludwigs. I'm like, there's no way. I just don't I w- trust I would, anybody. Yeah, I know, and I would not feel comfortable sending that 60s Ludwig to you. As much as I would love to sell it to you and how interested he in, God, to to be like, once it's out of my hands, it's like, sorry. I mean, I can't really do anything. I yeah. mean, because now it's a, it's between you and whoever. Yeah. It's, like it was. And I, would, and I would feel so guilty that, like, I get your money and then – from now, from the responsibility that's on your part, it's like, and you don't get it, or it comes all messed up. It's like, I don't know what to mean. I would like the nice part of me would be like, I can give you some of the money back, but like, I just it's a I risk. Just, it's yeah, a big risk. And I, I just don't. I wouldn't feel comfortable with like besides it to him. Besides shipping a drum set in general is yeah. a risk here. To go that far, it's just, and I know it sucks for like p- places that are really isolated from the typical. Shipping like, like you said, New Zealand, Australia, really far parts of Europe. You know, on the other side of Europe, like yeah, it's tough. And I, like I said, I know it sucks, but it's just like, man, a snare drum, maybe a cymbal, okay, a drum kit, no, in multiple boxes. Whew, man, that would I be... could, I would have to like, I would, it would cost me as much as the kit would for me to safely like pack it, because there's no way I'd be like. Dude, I'll you know I'd have to I'd want to have like my dad like help me get some steel, make a box for yeah. it. Like, and and you would be anxious the entire time it was in flight till it got there. Yeah. You'd be wondering, did something happen? Is it gonna get there? Okay? Is it warped? Like, how's it? Yeah. Has it set outside in the sun? And then I was gonna get busted shells from the seams. I would feel so bad. Yeah, it's 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 um, tough. So I don't blame you on that. Yeah. Um, go ahead and remind everybody today. I forgot to do it at the beginning of the show. Obviously, Bearded Drums comes to you live every Thursday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. But if you want to hear the audio-only version of the podcast, you can find us on all major platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, even though nobody uses it. Simply search the term Bearded Drums, and you can get the audio-only version that I upload, uh, you know, usually either the night of or the next day when we're done so always remember to check that out you can hear us in the car and not be eating up all of your data um so oh back to uh, yeah. comments um and then bb comments just get a cannabis yaiba for a third of the price having said that i do have a broadcaster snare that i love i have one that i got from forks a couple of years ago and it's so much fun to play and i love it um Cannabis, I've never gotten to sit down and actually play one. They sound good from all the recordings and stuff I hear, but... They're high quality, for sure. I'm just partial to Gretsch. I mean, that's just... Everybody that, likes what they like. To me, that's just... That's me. That's my sound. Yeah. Um, and he continues, that finish, to me, is puke-worthy, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, you know, obviously, it's highly subjective. subjective. Uh, Jared says it all the time, because one of my... Favorite colors that I've 
always wanted in a drum set is green sparkle. And Jared, abs- I'm sorry, red sparkle. Red sparkle. Jared absolutely hate. I am a sparkle guy. If I had it my way, I would have a gold, a green, a red. I've got whatever purple craze is, black into black. In- it's not really purple, but, you know, that's a beautiful. I love glitter finishes. And every time I mention like when I see a, a really nice pearl four piece is what I think of when I think of red sparkle for some reason. Like that's a hot rod or something. Yeah. 22, 10, 16, 22, 12, 16, whatever. Um, Jared's just every time he's like, ugh, why, gross. Why red? So I can understand why some people don't like the Stratus. Yeah. You know, it's, it's I to be honest with you, if you'd have caught me 10 years ago, I'd probably have been like, eh, pearls and Stratus, like, just not my thing. I love weird finishes. Like, yeah. Give me weird. Like, give me, like, those old peacock flame kits that Ludwig used to have for their old stuff in the 40s. Those are dope. That weird Mardi Gras we call finish on, yeah, that, yeah. on that Gretsch cut down that Hugh made. Love that finish. To me, it's weird. I want it to be, like, art class gone wrong. I want to break all the barriers and molds. Be free with it. I want it to be funky. Because... You're going to go through, like, if you saw me play the kid, like, you're going to remember the entire show. I don't care how bad I played or how yeah, yeah. or how the bad our band sounded like. That was a weird finish. You know, that was cool or I absolutely hate it. It's it's different with everybody. I love Red Sparkle. Jarrett absolutely hates it. Jarrett loves White Marine Pearl. And just like you just said, White Marine Pearl makes me want to puke. Like, it's the problem with me and, like, any of those Pearl finishes if you if that's the color of your kit, nothing's gonna match it, unless you have a metal snare. Anything else is gonna look dumb, because there's been a hundred times when I've seen a really good deal on a pearl snare, like lately within the past six months, and it's like a whatever whatever for two hundred bucks, like a masters or, and I just to pick up a, 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 a I'll I'll pick up a master snare at the drop of a hat, if it's in the close finish. Every time I see them, they're in white marine pearl. I'm like, that's gonna look stupid across that purple into black glitter kit with a white marine pearl snare. Like, it's just not... The the Pearl Masters maple gum that I'm looking for right now, oh, you can find it in... It's not white marine pearl. It's like a cream yeah. kind of finish. You can find that. You can find it in black diamond pearl. But again, it's going to look stupid against anything that I play it with. So... That's funny though. That he said it was puke worthy. Well, he goes. He'll take. He goes. He'll take a, a vintage pearl white any day. Um, he does it the internal mufflers for a quick sustain adjustment. He go. He goes. I'm so mad right now. He goes. I kid. Not a member. Sorry. And he goes. He goes. Remember embroidered patches, man. If we could get. Oh, to, he, he's mad because he's not on the list. Yeah, was, I told he, you. He, he, he was. Kidding. I had. <laughs> I know, but I told you I had five minutes to like think of like. Oh, <laughs> so. We will update. Uh, go ahead and write his name down right now so we can remember. Uh, we will update this every week to properly thank all of you that hang out here with us. And like I said, we're getting the stickers done. And then, you know, we get we get past a year and maybe we'll have something even cooler made, like a hat or a... I'd love to get T-shirts made at some point. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, just bear with me. I didn't have that much time. Uh, Mark says, what's up? Not Puerto Rico anymore. Back in Ohio. There we go. He goes, sorry, I've been absent lately. I have some kids. Kits at the ready to refer, but I haven't had much time. Take your time, Mark. Do what yeah, you Yeah, we're just do. glad you're here hanging out. Oh, yeah. Uh, BB goes, Ohio and Puerto Rico, just a bit different. I used to live in Puerto Rico back in the day, shooting for a surfer magazine. Good times. BB photo out here. Hanging 10. 
Shred the Gnar. Oh, BB's here all the time. We got Mike Malone. For some reason, the churches I play at all do one up, two down. I hate a second floor, Tom. And some of the churches have 10 up, 12, 14 down, which just seems so weird. Sound guys, that is so much low. And a friend of mine plays like that. He plays a Mapex Armory kit. And his is 10 up, 12 down with a mount hanging. And then it's 14 floor. I did that when I was in my like first couple of live gigs I ever did. There was a guy, probably like our age difference. There was a guy that had been playing, and I had just come into playing. He had this dope Yamaha stage custom in a green, like a hunter green rub. And it was the typical 22, 10, 12, 14, 16. And he was a killer player, is still a killer player. He moved up to Alaska. And um, I saw his kit, and I was like, I want to do that. And I did the very exact stupid thing. Only because of the way it looked. I had the I had the crappy twenty two, twelve, thirteen, sixteen black. Yeah. Whatever piece of crap. So I played twelve, thirteen, sixteen, and put the thirteen on the mouth like I'm cool like this dude now, right? I look like <laughs> <laughs> trying. Didn't sound anything like him, but I have done that before. It never made any sense to me why you would do that. Uh just get a floor, Tom, or don't do it. Um, and I have to admit, Mike's probably right. Whenever I see weird setups, it always seems to be in a church. Yeah, that's the one. churches have such they have weird setups. They're they're the like and even how they like tune their drums. There is a video I watched on this guy who is a big church drummer. Um, and by church drummers, I mean like white churches, uh, <laughs> specifically. I mean, or, I'm sorry, CCM. Uh, Contemporary Christian music, um, so CCM, and the dude had twelve up, um, sixteen, eighteen, four toms, had a twenty-two or twenty-four inch kick drum, and he had a six and a half by fourteen deep snare drum, sixteen inch hi hats, twenty-two crash, twenty-four ride. That's a weird crash. church setup. And he that was his setup. And as he goes through and he's like tuning his kit, he shows you is like I get everything on both heads, bad and resonant, just above wrinkle, and then I could turn afterwards. He's like I use use the double ply heads and and in a snare drum is that super deep and like the snares buzz like three days after it the makes gig's sense over. Now, thinking about it, like if you tune the toms like that. You're going to get a single second of note, and it's going to get out of the way. So he was probably all mic'd being in a church so yeah. they could control the sound and EQ it. Um, and they probably like that because it's like, yeah, it may not sound tonally perfect, but it's easy to EQ, and, it's, and it gets out of the way for volume purposes. Yeah, and so. a lot of those tunes are all like, Big Tom, like yeah. Rock Tom, you know. Like, <laughs> oh, the classic, the and you gotta have that big, you gotta ride the crash for the whole choir and everything's going. Hashtag whatever. Hillsong United. Yeah, um. <laughs> basically. <laughs> um, but I mean, I I, I get it, but uh, it is. Hey, I guess work with what you got. Yeah, if it floats, if, if it gets you the gig, your boat stays afloat. Finds your lost remote, go for it. Um, BB photo for gigs. I keep it simple. Extra drums just for the studio setup. That makes sense. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, he goes, Mark, the second floor, Tom, is your brush, mallet, shaker, a wallet table. That, I mean, that's what Buddy Rich did. He put a towel on the back 16, just wiped his face and threw it back there. Or if you're Hugh Barlow, 
then your, your it's not your, even your second your, your regular only, floor yeah. tom is your food tray is your brushes tray is everything basically because hugh could go to every gig with just kick tom snare and assemble and he's probably happy yeah uh, i know for his dixieland gig that's the only reason he brings a floor time out he goes because he puts the uh put the food on it yeah, yeah his... they, they play a buffet on sunday so he just takes the food and that's what yeah. the floor tops for <laughs> even at his house uh when we go over and hang out you'll rarely see hugh play the floor time it's always the rack yep uh he's been getting a little adventurous with that yamaha kit he got from pat recently so we got to get back over there we got to get back over there hopefully see. Uh, Hugh is watching, and if you are Hugh, when did he get back over there? Yep. Um, we got Mark saying, I was going to put together a micro kit, 12 inch snare, 16, 12 by 16, based on to flip it backwards, uh, 14 by 14 or 16 inch floor tom, wrapped in holographic purple fabric, Ooh. paint the inside of the shell semi gloss white. That would be dope. And uh, we're both fans of purple and pink kits, so please do it, Mark. Um, BB goes, you have to play a symbol before purchasing it. Even the sound samples of the exact symbol don't really translate into real life. The only brand I've, there's an exception to that, is those Istanbuls. They, they, all of them sound good. None of them sound bad. Like, I've, I've rarely, I've gone through so many sound examples. I just have, to, I have to disagree only because probably like most of us, <coughs> I've been forced to start buying stuff sight unseen yeah even when i was still heavy into sabian there would be pieces i would want to get and generally i had played sabian for long enough and had in the store we carried sabian i had messed with i knew what everything sounded like so it was very comfortable for me to order sight unseen no big deal and granted a lot of times it was a good deal on ebay so it wasn't again like it was breaking the bank yeah now kind of like what you said I've ordered every single one of those exists. The regular exists and the dry darks, sight unseen, and still to this day am completely happy with every symbol that has come in. And granted, the price point's even lower on those. And I'm with you. I wish we had a drum shop semi-close that we could go do that with. But we just live in an area where that's not possible. You know, we're a tourist destination. We're not, there's not really... There's, I mean, the closest is Memphis Drum Shop, and then an hour away from there, or a couple hours away from there, you have Forks and all of the places that are in Nashville. So that's minimum eight hours. The Guitar Center in Mobile sucks. Yeah. Most Guitar Centers suck anyway. The only place that's even kind of close is Ray Franson's in New Orleans. And the past couple of times I had gone there, they didn't have that great of a symbol selection. They're probably doing like most of the local brick-and-mortar stores have to do. they got to carry the stuff they know is going to sell because... Yeah. They don't have that much to work with. They can't really afford to be adventurous. Yeah, like when I was, they had a couple like cool like one offs, which was weird to me. Over at Ray's, whenever we went and played Metairie, was he had a couple of those? Um, my gosh, symbol uh, and gong. He had a couple of those. He had yeah. a, he had uh, two or three pairs of uh, the Holy Grail hi hats, and then two or three rides. And I was like, that's super cool, because I never got to see that. And that's very adventurous pick for a, a owner to put in a store. Yeah, he had those, and he had um, he had an organic ride from uh, Zildjian. He had a couple cool things from uh, Saban. I cannot remember what they were. Like, something you normally don't see when you go to a store. And I was just blown away by that, and then all the heads he had you can kind of choose from. Yeah, he's got a and, great selection. And the, the most cool stuff, I'm probably going to call them for this because i can probably get a better deal from them um he has that massive 
wall of nothing but hoops. Yes, he does. Which is which you don't think is a big deal until you get to like me and Steven, you're going through hoops again. I hate triple flange. And I could probably get either the thicker one, like a like a three, like a power triple flange, or hopefully a die cast from him over there. Well, um, and like but like we're saying, you know, keep in mind that it's not easily accessible for everybody yeah. and especially for us where we are. And I've just had to get used to the fact that a lot of stuff I'm going to have to order sight unseen. Now, granted, the cool thing is, is most places, 98% of places, Sweetwater, Chicago Music Exchange, Reverb, obviously eBay, all have great return policies. Yeah. Um, so if you're good with the gear and you're quick with the turnaround, if you really don't like something, it's I don't think it's a big deal. Um, but it's only... It's only going to get worse, and you are going to see it get worse as we approach Christmas this year. Stocks and factories and the raw materials that they need. I've been watching a lot of videos on this lately. Um, you know, you can see it with lumber prices, how they've gone up 150%. This holiday season is really going to show some of the supply chain shortages. Yeah, And it's going to be even like, to this day... You still can't go out and just purchase one of those new Xboxes. No. Uh, you still got to wait in line. Whatever it's called. Um, it's not in stock. Yeah. I, I think there's some of those PS5s, Yeah, whatever it is, in stock, but it's kind of almost just like the Xbox. Like, you might not be able to find it. I have been on a kick of trying out sticks lately. Got the uh, Bob Gadsden Promark in. Really like that stick, but not 100%. It's not... The end-all, be-all. I had tried the Benny Greb way back in the day, and I think I just forgot how the stick felt because it was so long ago. Reordered that. Really happy with that. Haven't It's been here all week with me practicing on the pad and on the kit. So I haven't taken it to a gig yet, so I don't have a, a full you know, idea of whether I 100%, 98%. Yeah. Um, but I now, now that I'm looking for sticks, I want to try out the... Calvin Rogers has a signature stick through the Minel stick and brush. Ooh, cool. And I haven't tried out any of those Minel sticks. They look really nice. They look yeah. like they're made really well, but I haven't had a chance to try them. This gives me a chance to try them. There's two pair in the entire country, and they're at Chicago Music Exchange. It just shows you, again, the supply chains are really struggling right now. Go try to find like what would normally be in stock and prime, like a... Emperor, Remo Emperor, Coded Emperor. Yeah. I doubt it's in stock on Amazon right now, much less Prime. Uh, they're a little better with Evans. I ordered something the other day. It was in stock and Prime. But I think as we get toward the end of the year, y'all are really going to see the supply chain really flex a little bit, probably in the negative direction, which kind of goes to my point is you're probably going to have to get used to, if you're not willing to be really patient, you're going to have to get used to maybe ordering something sight unseen, which is obviously not ideal, but the way things are right now, if you're just not willing to wait, it's on eBay. You can order it, yeah. but you know, you may or may not like it. So that's kind of where we're at, at least right now. Yeah. Um, then Mike goes, uh, what's funny is for people overseas, they'd be happy to pay the crazy shipping prices because the value of vintage American drums there is through the roof. 
I still always say no. Sorry, Europeans. But you're right. I mean, and I get that point of view. Yeah, they want it. It's hard to find over there. As where they have a bunch of premier sonar, uh, even uh, Asian stuff because it's still you know closer to them, closer yeah. to them. Ludwig, I'm sure they have it, but not as like we do. Gretsch, I'm sure they have it, but not like we do. You know, there's going to be certain brands, even modern brands, um, stuff that's made here directly in the U.S. You know, so like I said, you're right. If they really want it, they will pay that exorbitant price plus shipping to get it. You know, and that's kind of my point with ordering things sight unseen. You really want it, you'll pay, and then you'll get it. I wish we had better selection around here. Yeah. Um, but at least Sweetwater and places like that are really cool, so it's not that bad. Yeah. Um, Mike goes, hate red sparkle, love Merlot burgundy sparkle. Right there with you. Can't stand red. Whatever. Y'all wrong. It's okay to be different. <laughs> um, Mike goes, uh, for the entire month of May, I played a church gig every week and only played Tom Groove songs, like three to four songs a week, not one straight ahead groove until the final damn chorus. That's right. I mean, I mean that's, that's not it. wrong. The only other place you get to play anything like we get to play uh, is if you get to go to like a southern church down here yes. where you get to play like bluegrass and everything's a train beat or two beat and you get to play around a little bit like yeah, yeah. like one of it just sounds so lame but one of the my favorite songs that my grandma's church does is um it's for the thing called the penny march where like you thought you have change and you collect the change for the church or whatever and um i cannot remember how she's related to me but they sing this is the day and it's just a, a just a a two just a two beat and you have uh, the preacher plays bass uh, for the whole like opening of everything. Of course. And then uh, my third cousin, she plays piano. And it's just this cool, like, this is the day, Jack Doom, check this is. Dum bum, 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 boom, 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 You can play the whole gig. Yeah. This bass and snare. And you would have, and it's and it's a lot of fun because sometimes you'll have guys that might come in and play, or uh, another one of my cousins, they got her like a Pearl Vision with some uh, symbols, and she'll play yeah, behind yeah. the kit, and it's the same, just doom check, doom check, doom check, doom. I love hearing them do waltzes because it's like ba boom, ka jack, ga doom, jack, jack, bubble. <laughs> it's and I love it, and that's like the only probably like. Oh yeah, that's definitely like the only the exception. Like, like the almost like the only church gig you'll ever get to play like anything straight ahead, Mike. So if you want to come down and play, yeah, play something close to jazz in a church, you got to come down here and play bluegrass. Yeah, because uh, he's right. The rest of the contemporary stuff is like, and backtracks, backtracks, backtracks. You got the guy in the ear. One, two, three, intro. That's all. That's all. I'm not trying to knock. Because I have no problems with if you're Christian or spiritual, that's cool. Yeah, I'm not, but that is neither here nor there. I will rag on the music, and yeah. not that it's bad music. It's that everybody uses that same modern Christian Tom beat. Yeah, and I think even Rob Brown, uh, beat down, down Brown, Brown yeah. did a video. I think it was him where he was basically saying, if you want to play contemporary Christian, just learn this groove, and yeah. it'll work on like 98 percent of the songs. And he's right. So that's the only thing I will knock them for because I've seen some cool videos like mega churches and the the drummer will have a GoPro on them. Some of that stuff super cool. Oh yeah, these are mega churches though. They're not doing the typical. 
tom groove they got fully orchestrated pieces that they're doing they got Mo- actors on stage doing it's yeah a, it's um, a whole production at that point so step your game up and get away from that typical contemporary christian beat <laughs> it is what it is um and then our last comment to get us caught up is from bb photo I admit, being in L.A., we have plenty of shops within an hour radius with everything and could, oh, sc- I'm gonna could cut you swap, off. borrow, Screw symbol. you, BB Photo. I know what's in your city, and you have, like, the cream of the crop. You yeah, have the Hollywood and Hollywood drum yeah, shop. So screw you. Not really. I'm, I'm happy for you, but we don't have any crap like that around here. And I would imagine your guitar centers probably blow most guitar centers away. Yeah. Um, so good on you. I'm glad for you, but we are not that lucky. The, on, the only thing I have against you now, BB, is that it's not there anymore, but you use well, because they're gone, but you had Amoeba music. I that was on my bucket list since high school. I want to go and I hate California. I've Cannot, never heard of Amoeba music. Oh my god. One of the well, they're gone now. One of the coolest records stores i have ever seen um that a cool series called what's in my bag you would have all these different musicians in uh la and they go to me music and it's like multiple stories isn't like a little like small this is like a huge place tons of records like like you could create dive like one section for like an entire day yeah and only like one genre it's like oh i'm stuck in the m's in motown i can't leave i've been here for six <laughs> hours you could find some cool hidden gems. And they had stuff from, like, because I remember there's a, a post they had, and I was so upset. I should have bought it at the time, but I was being really stingy. They had, uh, his name's Tatsuro Yamashita. He's a, a city pop uh, Japanese artist from the 80s. And they had uh, a couple of his records from back in the day. And I was like, that's awesome. You guys have them in stock. I want to go so bad. Um, when did they close? It was sometime last year. I remember saying that they like had to close. Like, the building they, they couldn't had, make like, it like, through. Like the... the building they had was uh, was out. And I saw like a picture of like the Amoeba sign was gone. It had like oh, the stain behind it. That sucks. Um, yeah. Oh, he says Amoeba is back. New building. Oh, thank God. There you go. Thank God. Thank you so much for letting us know. It was great local performances too. I didn't know they had ever did shows. I've always just saw. The video series, like, What's in My Bag. You get, cool. you get to see everyone, like, Tali, the cool. creator. And good, and good to know that, or glad to hear that they, you know. Are back. Little places like that need to stay open. Because it's such a, it was like, and like you've ever, if you ever go watch the videos, all the folks that come in, like, you have new guys, old dudes, um, from all different styles to come mm-hmm. in, and it's just them walking through. Like, one of the ones I watched, I forgot who the producer was, um, but he was looking for stuff for samples. So he's going through. He's like, oh, I used the track off of this one, but I broke the record. And then he's like, so he's buying a whole new one to, re- cool. to replace for like what he uses and stuff. And you have some people go in there and get like weird deep cuts I've never even heard of. It's like, oh, yeah, so my grandma used to have this back in the day. It's like, so this is the second one that's really good, but I don't have it on cassette. I want, and you're I like, want a vinyl. I want to start getting into vinyl. I don't think it's the end all be all, as some people make it sound to be like, oh, you're not cool unless you got it on vinyl. But... Vinyl is cool, and vinyl does have a specific sound. Oh, yeah, I um, love it. So I, I want to get myself a, a like a cheap, modern record player and then try to get into vinyl. Because we actually have, we might not have any drum shops around here, but we actually well, have cool record yeah, stores. Yeah, we got a lot of records, which is weird. Like No we, music stores, <laughs> record shops all over the place. Yeah, out the wazoo. I mean, you got Maynard's and Ocean Springs. You got Marley's, that new one that's in... Uh, 
Biloxi. In Biloxi. You got T-Bones in Hattiesburg and the yeah. place that's in Mobile. Forget the place that's in Mobile. There's a record shop there, too. Um, so, yeah, we've got cool those. We just need more. And there's a cool one in Starkville called uh, Scooters. There you go. Used to be an old laundromat that he turned into a record store. I have one of those stickers. Really cool. That's cool. They had Misfits on vinyl. I was, like, super stoked on a bunch of uh, Primus stuff when I went in. I was like, this guy gets it. As country and... BFE as uh, Starkville is. Yeah, really. I'm like he's got like he's got die die my darling on vinyl. I'm like, yeah, I'll pay the thirty five bucks for that. Jared's going into the deep cuts, guys. Oh, I love deep cuts. All right, so all the comments are done. Now we can get into the viewer section of the show. We got two submissions for this week. Uh, let me get two. There we go. Get to my photos. Oh, let me. And you get to the photos to show the description, and I'll put the first picture up, and you can, let me find it. There we go. You found it? I just see the one I have. Is this? Okay. The other one's a video. Okay, cool. Um, So, as always, if you want to send in stuff, show us. It doesn't even have to be like most of the guys building something or refurbishing. You just want to show us your kit. Send beardedrums at gmail.com, all lowercase. Send us a photo of your kit, of your snare, of your cymbals, something you're rewrapping, something you're building, something you're fixing. Um, send us your photos. You can send us a video. 30 seconds is about the max I want to do on the videos. Mike's been really good about that when he sends stuff in. It's about 28 seconds, yeah, which gives us enough. But then I don't have to worry about, can you send me the video because it's 14 minutes long. Yeah. So a 30-second video clip or a picture of anything, just to share with all of us here on the live stream, email me at beardeddrumsgmail.com. You could uh, actually send it to the Bearded Drums fan page on Facebook that Jarrett handles. Simply search Bearded Drums on Facebook. You can find it there. Uh, but send your stuff in, and we'll show it off every week. Um, as I say it all the time, I'm like, surely we get to this week, and Josh is not going to have anything to send in. Yeah. The dude does not have this much time on our hands, the great bespoke drummer Josh Breslow. And, of course, like clockwork, we have a new entry from Josh Breslow, and you can read the description as I throw up the main picture. Uh, He says, hello, I hope everybody had a safe and productive week. This week I'm sharing the full moon kit. The concept with this set was to utilize the cut-off bass shells from the kick drum. Most of my kits have a signature shallow bass drum. Because of this, I have a lot of cut-offs laying around my shop. I decided to use one and create a 9 by 22 floor tom. The smaller floor tom is 13 by 14. The rack is 9 by 8. I also included some images from a recent farmer's gig I did with this uh, set scaled way down. This is super duper neat. Well, okay, first off, I might have asked this before. I might not have. Josh, I really hope you have a store online. He does. I went through and checked it out. And that you sell this stuff because you have really cool taste in like what you pick to put on the kits. You obviously do a good job as far as the craftsmanship and the quality and all that. Um, I think it's highly marketable and would be very popular. So Jared obviously says you have a website. So people definitely need to see this because you're always churning out something really cool this week, you know, leaves nothing to be desired. Because look at that. That's super cool looking. I really, really dig that floor tom, the big one with the bass drum hoops. 
That is cool. Yeah, 9 by 22 floor tom. Yeah, that is super cool. And I love that the other floor tom is a 13. Um, the, it looks really cool off the bat. Let me get to another shot. So there is over the floor tom, the bigger one. Looks, I can, again, I can hear this drum from the picture. I don't even need to see it. I can already tell what that floor tom sounds like. And I can tell you it probably sounds super dope. Uh, I'll get you another shot here. So, and I would love to know if you can let us know in the comments how you, I mean, I know how you would do it typically to get the logo on a drum head. I see the bass drum. Did you use a company to do that, like drumart.com? And I didn't know that they would do regular size heads like you have on that small tom. So I know who that is. So that's um, Visionary Percussion. They're no longer in business. Uh, and so what they did... Oh, that's that little logo you pointed out last time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so what they used to do is that you had, they had a bunch of like images you could choose from. And they can either put it on a head for you or you could just buy the sticker itself and put, put it, it on. on. And the same thing for heads. Um, you could just pick through whatever sizes. And they had tons of stuff from like they had animals and uh, landscapes and abstract and like hippy dippy things and uh, tons of stuff to choose from. And I'm glad you still have some of their stuff because last time I looked at them a couple months ago when I was getting my band stuff going was they were going out of business. Yeah. Well, it's, again, Josh delivers as normal. Okay, there's at the gig, I guess he was talking about. Um, uh, as usual, another super cool-looking kit from Josh. Um, no, no two are ever the same. Uh, I love the finish. I really dig the uh, moon on the bass drum, and then, then when you get to the moon on the tom, that's super dope. What I really can't get over, though, and I wish I could hit, is that floor tom. That floor tom looks mean. Like, it would probably sound really, really good. And I like how he's got, he utilized uh, part of the the mount off the back side yeah, of yeah. it. So if you wanted to, that would honestly, that'd be a sweet cocktail kit. Yeah. You get the uh, you get the beater upside down on it. And then you and put the tom on that little, the little tom on that mount. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, a cowbell or whatever. But either way, yeah, you could do a full cocktail setup from that position right there and i really really enjoy the that fabric whatever you use to wrap that kit with um oh i can with, get to the shot of there it is there's the side of the actual finish because i cannot quite tell what's supposed to be uh is it I need like you the to, globe you know how when the globe was laid out yeah but it's but that's those are something specific like i don't know if it's like a mountain range that it are, are josh are let us know in the comment section what you use for the main wrap what is that design we're seeing uh if you're still here let us know in the chat but either way um as usual he puts out a really cool product no two ever look you know the same and they're always like it's not like he does all the drums in a certain style they're all really different from each other. I don't think we've ever seen a kit that even comes close to the previous kit as far as how different the finish looks or the approach he took, you know, into doing that. You're getting a true one-off piece no matter what he does. And yeah. Um, so, again, as always, a really cool entry, and thank you, Josh, as usual, for sending that in. Like, super dope looking. I got, I got nothing other than, other than, you know, just to say that. Like, I, I would play that kit for sure. Oh, if I ever go on the road, I'll whoever 
kit I use, I'm just going to send it to him. But like, just make it crazy. <laughs> That's dope. That, that the, the 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 time you put in these kits reminds me of that little like mini doc I watched the guy that does the custom kits for um Alex Van Halen. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy went through and put down like fifty five thousand sequins. On that kit for Alex, yep. like, like that's the attention to detail that uh that you do, Josh. I for saw, these kids, um, I love it. I saw, it was was it on eBay or I don't remember where I saw it, but somebody had one of Alex Van Halen kits from the eighties, and of course, like most of his kits, it was huge. Oh yeah. I want to say I'm guessing, but it doesn't matter because either way, it's astronomical. I want to say it was thirty five thousand dollars. Plus two thousand in shipping. Yeah, <laughs> but you could have, and it said it. I don't remember what year or what tour it was, but it said it. I remember it said it in the description, like Alex Van Halen, nineteen eighty four, kill all the Hoochie Mamas tour or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah, <laughs> like it was literally so. Um, you know, like I said, always a one off. Josh does a great job. So again, Josh, I'll show it one more time. Uh, thank you for sending that in. Uh, again, hats off to you. Always come out with a super cool product that's very, very interesting. So now, moving over to the video side of things, we have Mr. Mike Malone sent in this week. Uh, last week on the uh, on the live stream, we had the pictures of his Playboy, Playboy, and what else? He got a, a Renown. Was that the other kit? He uh, had two. No, it he? was that uh, that new classic he got. New, he had a yeah, new classic. His his. He got his old new classics back. Yeah, he got his new classics back, but he picked up a Playboy kit. So I have a video of Mr. Mike Malone demoing the kit. The audio should be fine. I checked it like I normally do. Uh, Y'all can let us know in the comment section because I'll probably show the clip a couple of times. Uh, but the the audio should should be good. We won't be able to hear it, but y'all will. So here is Mr. Mike Malone demoing his Gretsch Playboy kit. All right, so as I said, we couldn't hear it. I did obviously listen to the video or watch the video beforehand. Sounds great. I love I love wood finishes as much as I love sparkles. Typically more on snare drums because then it just goes with whatever kit. Yeah. I really like that it's got, a, I guess, kind of, it's not natural. It's like an amber kind of hand rub looking finish. The finish looks great. Um, if I go back to, uh, I'll show you the video in a second. Hats off to you using Bosphorus. I don't. I have one set of Bosphorus left, um, but that's how much I do love Bosphorus. I will never get rid of that set of symbols. So I, love I think those. what he had, it, if if I'm not incorrect, it looked like one of those uh, modern vintage or the master vintage ones. Uh, but either way, hats off to you for using the Bosphorus. The kit sounds great. Did you have you seen the video? Yeah, I got the perusing when I was at work. Yeah, yeah. Um, sounds great. Um, Glad that you picked up another nice, obviously, um, example of a Gretsch. Uh, you and Jared being the kings of Gretsch around here. Uh, I'll show it one more time. So if you didn't hear it the first time, this is him demoing the kit again. Mm -hmm. 
there we go. That is Mike Malone's Playboy kit. I forget the sizes. Do you know, do you remember the sizes? Yeah, um, eight by 12, 14, 14, 14, 20. Nice. Um, sounds great. Um, will be a nice addition to. I love his setup to his studio. I am so jealous of his basement. I, w- I I wish we could have basements here, but we live below sea level. Yeah, yeah. No basements not in the allowed. south. Yeah, no basements in the south. But I see everybody uses the same thing. I need to go out and just buy a set of those metal racks that everybody puts their snare drums on because I have this old piece of like heavy wooden furniture that's not even really meant for that, but it does give me a place to set my snares. I would love to have that same rack that everybody has. It's just like Lowe's or yeah. whatever that steel rack is. You could roll it away, you know, if you needed to move it. But I want to get that same rack. But he's got a nice, clean setup. I love his studio, and all of his drums always end up sounding oh, yeah. know, super killer. Um, so that is it for the submissions for the week. So thank you to Josh Breslow, the bespoke drummer himself. And Mr. Mike Malone, you can find Mike on YouTube at Mike Malone Drums. Thank you both for sending uh, the stuff in this week. And I say it all the time, just so everybody knows, if you want to send a video of anything you're working on, just showing off your kit, showing off your setup, or if you want to send us a short video under 30 seconds, beardeddrums at gmail.com, or you can send it directly to the fan page, the the Facebook page for Bearded Drums. All right. Uh, comments before we move on. Yes. Um, El Champa Chuito says you smell good. I guess so. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not sure who that is. Uh, thanks. Um, Mark Whitten says, our worship team played a lot of modern worship, but even with that, I've never practiced the music, but only one day I would listen to the songs and run through an hour before service, always on point. Um, BB says, have you guys played with any of the Morph Beats stuff? I've never gotten to. Um, I would like to try some of those weird contraption things he's built because they look so cool and they sound really funky. Um, getting like the experimental things. I'm a big fan of uh, Dan Mayo. He's been going off the walls with all that stuff. With he's got he's got a whole like guitar pedal setup. He's now yeah. playing with for like. Real crunchy, industrial sounding oh, yeah. beats and everything, and he always has a he has a very unique sound for what he plays in general with that A and F kit. He's yeah, he's, you always know it's him. Yeah, which I think is super cool that you could not ha- you couldn't you couldn't even see him. You would know exactly who he is the way he plays. Amazing chops. Um, Great for- player. I'll be honest. I don't like the morph beat stuff. I think it sounds like trash. In the right context. It's hyper useful. Dan Mayo is about the only person I've ever really seen utilize those properly. Stanton Moore has a bunch of that morph beat stuff on I, one side of his kit. But I never see him play he, it. No, he, he never uses it. If anything, he's going to use the kit, the cymbals, the snare, cowbell, and then sometimes the pandero. Yeah. That's it. He has a bunch of stuff on his kit that he never uses. So the stuff looks cool. I just don't, I can't really dig on stuff that's made out of steel. It never sounded that good to me. The flip side being, when used properly, like in Dan Mayo's case, it's perfect. Like, it sets Dan apart. He knows how to use it very creatively. So, I can see the appeal. Personally, no. It For me, it's a no. And, it, and I, I know that because it would be something that no matter how cool it was, it would even get it played here at the house maybe a couple times and then end up in the pile of stuff that just never got used. 
Um, not to knock it, though. That's obviously very high-quality stuff. It's not cheap. The guy that makes that stuff obviously knows what he's doing. Yeah. It's just, obviously, everything's not going to be for everybody. If I recall correctly, I remember watching uh, one of those videos. I forgot what their technical titles are. But the, the dudes and ladies that uh, do all the sound effects for movies. Foley. I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I saw uh, one of them doing like a horror movie soundtrack. Yeah. And they had a couple of those set up. They had one of the big ones and small ones. They had like bows and one of those like cool mounts like Glenn Cache makes. He takes one of those bouncy balls. Yeah, but yeah. It's, but and it's, they the, rub it's, it's down the rough the one. Yeah, you cut it in half and you use that and you go through. Just making these wild sounds, and it makes sense because those because it's steel, it gets really eerie. Yeah, especially with those like spirals, like coils and stuff yeah, he yeah. puts on them. So I believe like if you want a very interesting sound and you're playing interesting music, or you're all about like the whole like soundscape kind of deal, perfect, awesome because you could cover tons of moods. I've always liked watching guys that do that. Yeah, um, that just you make your own like backing track. And yeah, just layer and that's it. like I was saying. Not knocking it because it's just not something I would ever get to use. Mustang Sally does not require more feats. Yeah. As where our God is an awesome God is not going to require it either. But if you're going for that soundscape thing or you just want heavily textured sounds, it's perfect. Oh, yeah. Um, and like I said, I know that that stuff is high quality um, and it's not cheap. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure it's a cool thing. That would be kind of talking what we were talking about earlier. That would be something that would be a risk ordering sight unseen. Yeah. Because obviously no two would be alike. And then you really, you know, how are you going to use it? How are you going to implement it? Is it the sound you were actually looking for? You know, um, that's a tough call. I think it'd be great for like any guys that are doing a lot of like studio work because he makes more besides just those wood cowbells. He has those steel plates he has tuned to pitches. Yeah. Um, I know uh, Mark Giulana has a couple of those he plays around with uh, for when he's making like his own tracks. And I've seen him. He makes a couple of these cool, like, Crotalias things as yeah. well. Um, so he has some stuff that's more practical for, like, I guess, like, your everyday uh, drummer. But I I would definitely consider it as more of a percussionist yeah. type thing. Like, I would, I would imagine Charlie would get a bunch of that and then just go to town for any of those, like, crazy Broadway yeah. gigs. I'd, I'd be up Charlie's alley. It'd be more of his style of things that he does. Yeah. Not much, so much the show tunes, but any of those... Um, like orchestral symphonic pieces, he gets to play percussion on. Yeah. Definitely be a cool, cool thing. You can probably use it in a Broadway setting if you're trying to if you're playing something kind of dark and dark and gritty for a moment. Yeah, and it's not like it's a fad either. Morph Beats has been around for a long yeah. time, so um, you know it's it's a cemented brand that I think you could trust in if that was the route you're going. Yeah, so. we're definitely about it. Um, and then. Mike says, unique as always, Josh. Beautiful craftsmanship. BB Photo says, nice, nice kit, Josh. Um, I bite pretty hard. Says, that rap looks like star constellations. That might be it. That, uh, that might be what, what you're talking about. It makes more sense with the moon. Um, BB says, I cut down a brand new transparent walnut finished Mapex armory that I got for cheap from a 18 by 22 to an 8 by 22. Oh. We are, we are fans of shallow kick drums. Uh, that sounds cool. I mean, typically you'll see 12, maybe 10. I think you did yours. Yeah, mine's 10. It's even shallower than mine. Eight is, you know, that's that would be interesting. Oh, yeah. I think that would be a, a cool-sounding kit. Um, 
Mike says, love Bosphorus so much. My teacher in high school used them. I started getting them one by one. And back when I did the Glenn Miller Orchestra, they were kind of uh, they were kind enough to give me a small endorsement deal. Awesome. Yeah, I've always been a big fan of Bosphorus being that they're the old world style where they still literally, you know, those furnaces are down in the ground in the, you know, the floor of the, the factory. And they Bosphorus has a, a, a really long history, uh, just like Istanbul and obviously not as long as Zildjian, but... Um, I think Bosporus kind of gets buried by Istanbul sometimes just because Istanbul's a little bit better known. Bosporus can get buried, but they put out a really good product. Oh, yeah. And especially when you get into the darker, drier, more articulate, maybe j- possibly jazzier sounding cymbals. Not that they don't make a middle of the road. Yeah. Um, I think they put out a, just as good of a product as Istanbul, but Istanbul's gotten so big as far as the foreign maker. Yeah. Um, I think that Bosphorus gets buried by Istanbul a lot of the times because I don't see that many people playing it on the regular. And then when I see, because I do follow them on Instagram, when they uh, when they list like a new artist that's coming to their stable, yeah. it's usually somebody not from the U.S. So I think for the, the main U.S. market, they just kind of get buried and they really don't get the love that they deserve. I'd also awesome a big fan of of Bosphorus and Istanbul for like the history of how they started as companies because it's it's exactly what you would think would be it's whenever Zildjian left. left left it's like these guys are like well we can't come so we're gonna just keep doing we've been doing it for so for so long and yeah. then you start and they just start their own companies and and it's I'll probably get it mixed up um, when Zildjian left and obviously. The guys that stayed behind, some went to Istanbul, some went to Bosphorus. I want to say Bosphorus has the old K factory in Istanbul yeah. than Constantinople. So I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they have the old K factory. So that's part of their history is they're still making symbols in the hole in the ground that Zildjian was doing way back in the day. So like yeah. you said, they both have really cool histories. Both make a great product. But Istanbul's kind of become the bigger one. Yeah. But still, to they're, the the, they're the more hip. Yes. Of everything. Phosphorus is an old love for me, though. Um, Josh Breslow. In 1970, NASA tracked the solar hemisphere and printed it. That's what this is. Very cool. Very cool. Very, very cool. Always, always a cool little story. Mike goes, now I'm just a local nobody, but they still treat me great. Can't recommend them enough. He goes, you can get one of Damrax at Man- Menards. <laughs> one day I'm going to download that, that jingle and lose monetization and play it here on the exactly <laughs> um, BB says same have a few boss for us I'll never sell Richie goes Dan Mayo absolutely rules yes and Richie continues I remember Morph Beats um, putting out the second thing hang on second thing they put out after the first spiral uh, cowbell dudes, those vibraphone bars, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, you could set on cloth next to your kit. Those things sounded gorgeous. That's what I see a lot of goes. They'll, they'll basically take that foam that's behind you, yeah, because um, like, like uh, typical studio sound foam, and they'll use that to set those, yeah, those bars, yeah. On. Or I've seen guys that have a bunch of the small pieces, and they will set all their small pieces on the foam so they can you know resonate, yeah. Um, so yeah, um, to- totally agree with you, Richie. And that's it. We're caught up. Oh, okay. 
Um, oh, I had a thought, and I've lost it now. I don't remember what I was talking about. Um, well, if that wraps up comments, and I think that wraps up all of this housekeeping, showed the video, showed the picture. Um, now, I guess to get into the main topic of the night, which we kind of touched on earlier. I was trying not to lead into it too much. Um, but y'all, um, I think it was BB or one of y'all asked about ordering sight unseen online, which I guess is kind of the bigger picture of just whether you like it or not and whether you live near a bunch of cool music stores or not. I think we all have to realize and recognize that online has become such an integral part of getting the stuff that we either need or want. Yeah. Um, obviously we know how it works with YouTube and Instagram, you know, the days of selling DVD or VHS drum videos is obviously many years gone or having to go to like a specific website back in the day, like gospel chops used to do. You had to go to gospelchops.com or drumtracks.com. Now you have Inst uh, Instagram and YouTube. So the playing side of it completely online, uh, most guys um, on Instagram and YouTube that are highly successful, that's the bulk of their income. Yeah. Is the videos they do online paired with their website and their merch or what they get the residuals from Instagram. Um, so obviously on the playing side and the exhibition side, I think we all in 2021, it's very clear that online is where you go. You need to have some way to get yourself on there. Purchasing... I think we're just now getting there because it was probably not only a, a, maybe four or five years ago that I would have been on that train like, no, you don't buy symbols sight unseen. You go to the store, you pick one out, you make sure you get what you want. Um, same thing with snare drums. Like, you know, this one's going to sound a little different from that one and what's the condition and blah, blah, blah. Um, but I think with probably being headed by Sweetwater leading the charge on that it's almost become worry free whether you know if you don't like it whether or not you're going to be able to get your money back or get something else to kind of get you to the sound you're looking for yeah and especially when you got guys like Memphis Drum Shop who put out hundreds yes of of, of hundreds, thousands of of playing samples and though and it's always that exact symbol I mean, that's that that's their big thing yeah you get this exact symbol only at my symbol.com like and i've looked in sp certain specific um situations like okay it's a sabian 20 inch legacy ride there might be four videos of the same ride and they're all weighted different so they're literally showing you <clears throat> this is a 1800 gram 20 this is a seventeen hundred seventy-six gram twenty. There's this a, is uh, a two thousand outlier on the heavier side. <laughs> yeah, um, and even back, probably not terribly long ago, maybe seven or eight years, grams meant nothing to me. Like I, there was a point there where I was like, "What? No, that's just being ignorant, really." Yeah. Like, what the hell does thirteen hundred grams mean to me? Yeah. You know, and then eventually you 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 start learning. As you start being brave enough to purchase that stuff online, that you have to know. Um, perfect example is last week, 
or the week before, when I was ordering those Istanbul Exist regular hats. They were all over the uh, eBay page, but the, most of them were good enough to show you. I think on average it was like 700-something grams for the top and a heavy eight, maybe nine on the bottom. Yeah. And learning what I have learned about being able to generally gauge those gram weights, I saw one pair that was like, 882 grams on the top and 889 on the bottom. I was like, no, I know I wouldn't like that because those are so close. And that's for that set of hi hats, that's a heavy symbol. Yeah. So basically, two heavies, which I know I don't like. I know that I like, just based off my experience as a drummer, I like either a medium heavy or a heavy bottom and either a medium or a medium light top. So I knew when I saw two eights really close together, I was like, there's no way that's two heavy symbols. And then right next to it is. 776 grams and 889. I'm like, now we're getting to what would probably be like a medium and a medium heavy on the two sides. So, like I said, up until a while ago, grams meant nothing to me. But then when I, over the course of many years, it's like, well, they're listing this on every, all these listings on eBay. I had to learn what does that, you know, what does that mean? Yeah. And now it's super easy because I can go straight to, and typically if it's coming from Drum Center, Portsmouth, Forks, Memphis Drum Shop, or maybe even sometimes Sweetwater will list stuff on eBay, they're listing the gram weight, and you can kind of gauge what, you, what you're going to get. Yeah. Loosely, um, which, which helps out. So, like I said, myself, that was kind of what led me into having to get comfortable with taking those big leaps of buying stuff off of usually eBay or Sweetwater. Um, you've had to do it a bunch of times when you bought the symbols from your doppelganger on Facebook. Um, yep. <clears throat> Eric Binder. Yeah. You've bought drums. And I'm just like hitting the high points of like semi-recent stuff. The drums you bought from Mike Malone. Yep. Um, you bought the Gretsch Sight Unseen, right? Yeah, from, that aluminum from Reverb. Know, yeah. And how was the... What was your anxiousness like when spending that kind of money, not really knowing what you were going to get? So there was not a lot of sound demos of that snare drum online. There was like one or two, but it's like, well, those guys don't tune drums like I tune drums. Um, and some of them were in either better or worse condition than mine. I don't know how old these heads are that they're using. And I was like, all right, you know, I know it's aluminum's going to be aluminum, but it's an older one and shell thickness is a big thing, especially with metal drums. Um, now, granted, you got super lucky. Yeah. Because that snare drum's dope. Yeah. That thing is dope. Um, all right, let me ask you this. Has there been or has there been recently something that you bought online where you did not win, where you were like, oh, this is not what you were looking for or I think the in recent but it's it's mellowed out and it's definitely not as bad anymore was those Constantinople's cuz I I wanted to get a 20 and a 22 but then they sent me both 22s and I was like well I got them in I waited forever I'm going to just you yeah. know and then at first I was like well this doesn't sound like I thought it would and then after I've been playing them, getting my greasy fat fingers on them, and then Which just is always a great solution to a symbol that's wild is yeah. just rub your body on it. Um, 
now with the, with that other one I got from Hugh, I have three different, right? Or yeah, I have three different sets because you can now because the medium goes with the medium thin low, and then it goes with that thin, and then you could put the the medium thin low with the thin. You know, you can go all bananas. They have all and I have all three of them, and then I have that swish that goes with it. You know, that swish, I was going off memory when I bought that from Forks because I played the 20, not the 22. Yeah. And I was like, well, that 20 sounded really, really good. Um, well, but that, like you said, that is the risk you may take. And before I even make that point, let us know in the comment section, either one, where you typically get your stuff from. Are you more of a fan of Sweetwater? Are you more of a fan of hunting down on eBay? Uh, are, do you like Guitar Center? Do you specifically want to order from Drum Center or Portsmouth or Memphis Drum Shop? Let us know in the comments right now where you typically get some. Or on the adverse side, let us know if you have done this, made a purchase online, and kind of like Jared or me, totally ended up with something that did not work or just did not sound the way you wanted to. So let us know in the comments. But kind of like what you were saying about those cymbals having to mellow out, we both noticed it with that exist twenty one inch ride, the regular exist ride. Yeah, it was wild when Squirrely. I first got it. Like real bright, really bright. <clears throat> the bell was almost obnoxious. Yeah, and then the typical fix for at least for me, and you know, pretty much for Jared too, is rub your body on it, get those oils and those 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 Stephen juices all up in the grooves. And it's only been a month and a half that I've had that ride, and it's already fine. Oh yeah, it's already settled in. It's perfectly fine now, and, and ex it sounds exactly the way I would like for it to have sounded. I don't know, <clears throat> short of that, that I've ever really had anything that I ordered that it was just like, when I got it in, it was like, no, 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 no not even freaking close. Uh, I, the only thing, the most, exp or rather, the most expensive thing I or ever ordered sight unseen, and this was back when you didn't have to do this. This was more than 10 years ago. I ordered that Danette Stanton Moore... Uh, Stanton Moore Drum Company yeah. titanium snare from Memphis Drum Shop for $999.99, sight unseen. Granted, it's a Danette product. He does not put out anything even close to subpar. Yeah, It's got Stanton Moore's name on it. He's not going to allow Den Ron Danette to put out a subpar product. So I got it in, and of course it was perfect. It sounded awesome. I ended up having to get rid of it when the panty started because I freaked out and thought my life ended and I didn't know what I was going to do for money, so I did get rid of it. But looking back on that snare, had I not rid of, gotten rid of it, I'd still be happy that I own it because it was really nice, really high quality. Um, other than that, I don't know. Other than like a stupid little accessory piece, I don't know that I've ever gotten anything in sight unseen that was just like, I I actually did get one. I was thinking, thinking about it that I did not like, and I've slowly come to like it. Uh, I guess like it's this, it's it's our method. You got to get it gross. Um, when I got those Avidus symbols, uh, or Avidus, however you prefer to pronounce it, um, that ride, love that ride. Twenty two inches, big, buttery, love it. Those fifteen inch Hyatts I got, amazing, so nice. That 19-inch crash ride I got, at first, not a big fan. It sounded kind of wonky. And then I didn't play it a lot. And then we would go to gigs, and I'd play that um, just because it was – I bought it. I'm going to play it. I'm like, screw it. I got it. And I played at, like, some gross smoke-filled bars. And 
kept it at our friend's house where uh, it just got really, really dusty and gross. And and it's so weird because like the hi hats don't match the other symbols because I have like I've swapped them around. I keep the 15s at my house for my kit, and I have those old 15 inch new beats from the 80s that are at Taylor's house for when we rehearse. But I have those avid symbols at his house. And so the low the, the top logo where it says his name is almost completely gone on the ride, <laughs> and then the crash is slow or the crash ride slowly getting to that point. And now the thing sounds awesome. Like well, I, but uh, but for the first like th- three months I owned it, I did not like it. I didn't play it. I almost sent those symbols back after a while. I was like, God, this is. Like, we brought them out to the juke and played them, and I was like, Yeah, I, I like I don't know, man. I didn't say it to you. I was like, I don't, I don't. I'm, I like the ride a lot, but I. At that point in time, I was real iffy about not having everything be the same. Like, because I, because when it comes to like cymbal sound at that time, I like everything to be pretty close in the ballpark as like a spread. Yeah. But as I, but since that time has gone by, I kind of don't mind things getting a little out of. Where it's on, as long as it's not too far out. <clears throat> as long as, I mean, if it's like I would, I would never play like a super big thick A, and then have like the swish knocker next to it because those just be way to me mind way too drastic. Um, but I've slowly have, have gotten to where it's like I don't mind something being left field, yeah. right field, and it's being for me. It's always the brand. My OCD only requires that every be everything be the same brand, and that obviously is not required for everybody. You don't have to be that weird if you don't care that you have a Sabian crash and a Zildjian ride. Nobody cares. I don't really care as long as it sounds good. That's all that matters. But my personal OCD is they at least have to be the same brand. I could care less. It it, it can be a Legacy over here and then an HHX Ozone over yeah. here, and I don't really care about that. But kind of back to what we were talking about. I think that I would imagine a lot of symbols get sent back because guys get them in and they don't sound exactly like the way they want initially and they're not willing or kind of too scared because of the money take the time to dirty up the symbol. But yeah. I've noticed, and you've noticed, in most cases, if you give that symbol a little bit of time, play it. And I mean, that doesn't mean get it dirty. If you're one of those people that keeps your symbols immaculately clean... Just by playing the symbol, it's going to change the sound. So, but I think if you're an immaculate player and you want to keep them clean, take the time to play that symbol for a little while, let it settle down. Or if you're like us and you prefer to dirty up the symbols a little bit, you know, start putting your hands on it. And both of us have had that situation where the symbol has been improved by doing that. You know, so I, I think a lot of cases, some guys don't give the symbols the chance to really sound good. Um, uh, do we have any horror stories or any suggestions for where they buy online from the chat section? Yep. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, we got Richie says, the only times I've ever ordered stuff I haven't heard is if I've played it before and liked it. Playing Scott's backline free floater made me want to buy the five and a half uh, version. No regrets. Um, Mike said, I think the most... I think for most things, it's fine buying online without first-hand experience with the ability to alter just dial in the sound or hardware where you don't need to hear it, but symbols are different. I'd give him with that. Um, Richie said, that being said, I ordered a KEFX-18 on Instinct and loved it. 
I'd be confident. It'd be confident symbols I've been hearing recorded for years. I'd also happily order any Sonar SQ2 SQ2 stuff if I could afford it. Well, like he's saying, <clears throat> it's a, it is a gamble. So he obviously got lucky in the case that the symbol sounded perfect, and he was completely happy with it. But I do understand Mike's point of view. Um, but the a- adverse or the opposite point of what Mike's talking about, Mike does have access to more music stores than we do. Yeah. Um, so for us, it's and it, obviously it's just going to depend on where you are. Yeah. If you're in L.A., you're probably good. If you're in or around the Memphis area, Nashville area, you're probably good. If you're in a big city like or near a big city like Mike, you're probably good. If you're in Podunk, Mississippi, for us, it's a little different. And I've just had to get used to the fact that in a lot of cases, if I'm going to take that leap, in a lot of a lot of those times, I'm taking the full leap. Granted, I really only have ever had to do it with these Istanbuls. Granted, I got super lucky, and now I feel comfortable with that brand that in the exist line for the dark dry for the regular exist and for the dark ion i can comfortably order anything and know i'm going to be happy with it yeah and obviously if it's not they'll there's a return policy yeah so i'm not terribly worried about in a perfect world i would agree it would be nice that we all had a nice big music store close to us where we could do that but you know for some of us rural parts of the country parts of the south or areas where there's just not a bunch of conglomeration of drum stores you're just not going to be that lucky and let's be honest in most cases those local music stores not the really cool ones but the typical mom and pop where they're really only selling ernie ball super slinkies to the guitar players yeah reads to the marching kids sticks to the marching kids and books on how to learn piano probably don't have a wall of istanbul Bosphorus, Sabian, Zildjian. You know, it's just not always going to be that possible. Prime example is I have no qualms with ordering any Istanbul Exist, Dark Dry, Regular, or Dark Ion. You want to start talking about Exist or, or Istanbul 30th Anniversary Agop, Signature Series Agop, Turk Series. I saw a listing for a cool Mehmet. Um, it's like their Ozone I forget what it's called now. Um, X-Ray. Istanbul Mehmet X-Ray. The price is significantly higher. I would have to, agreeing with Mike and like BB, I would have to drive up to Memphis Drum Shop, Forks, somebody in Nashville, and put my hand on a $450 ride symbol, $375 crash, $500 hats. Yes, then I'm not willing... But for a $99 12-inch splash, not going to break the bank. Yeah. And what, one thing that we don't have that um, these other guys, I don't know how the scene is where Mike is at. I know BB's in L.A., so he has tons of guys. But we don't have that big of a real, like, big music scene. So we don't have a lot of folks that we can, like, listen to. Our, oh, our, God, our, yes. our, our are prod to like what because I, I generally the guys are down here kind of use the same thing. We don't have mm-hmm. a very diverse. No, they're all either using Zildjian A Customs, Sabian AAX, and it's probably either hard rock, country, or blues. 
And then the only thing that we kind of see a little bit of, and not like we're going to go to most of these because you're talking about the fact that it's on a weekend, so I'm playing. We don't have $55 to go. Is it go to a casino concert? And even then, you're getting like, let's be honest, the typical concerts that come to Gulfport, Mississippi, or Biloxi, Mississippi, to the casinos are like Fog Hat. Yeah. The band. Some kind of, I wish it was the band. Some kind of 70s classic rock band coming through. Maybe a big rock show. Yeah. Um, Like we've had. CPR Fest, you get all the no, but what's the bands. band? Uh, Ch- Cherry Stone Shower, Blackstone Cherry. Whatever they've come to the casino. That drummer's probably got a nice modern setup, but he's also probably got a touring setup. Yeah. So I wouldn't expect him to have Zildjian Constantinopolis. He's probably got a customs. Or Scott's probably backlining for him with something. I mean, let's be honest. The guys that have the funkiest setups around here are you, me, and Phil. Yeah, Pat. Yes, but Pat lives in Mobile, so I'm not really counting him because he's not here. Yeah, like. It, if you want to check out some cool stuff, you come to the juke joint and either play one of my kits, one of my snares, any of the symbols that's normally there, or when you bring stuff, yeah. your snare, these symbols you checked out. So that's we're like the Memphis drum shop of yeah, I guess <laughs> we really are when you think about it. So between the stuff that I hold here in this room, Jarrett holds at his house, and the little stuff that Hugh has now, that's really all we have for the spread. I can't remember the last time somebody, a drummer from around here, was like, hey, man, I bought this thing. Check it out. And it was like something I didn't know. Yeah. You know, so, um, again, perfect world, yes, but where we live, we're kind of screwed. Um, sorry. Anyway, back to your comments. Oh, you're good. Um, and then Mike goes, I always remember, I always remind myself, though, a symbol in a symbol room is not going to sound the same as when I get it in my house, on my kit, with my sticks. I don't worry about it too much anymore, though. Um, he goes, sometimes you swing and miss with ordering symbols, but they always mellow out after years of use. Well, I would agree with that because obviously it's their room. And then like we joke about it all the time, the terrible room mics that drum center of Portsmouth uses in their videos. I have never been enticed to buy anything I've seen on a drum center of Portsmouth video. They can't tune no fault to them. because, like when they sw- switch to the full mix, it sounds good. But when I hear something on those room mics, they typically sound pretty terrible. Yeah, the, Memphis Drum Shop's good about their videos, like uh, the the neutral sound sound. Yeah, because they do they do no compression or anything, but they're but I guess I think they got their room also milled out pretty well. But you're getting a very good representation of what it's supposed to sound like without any weird outliers. What I've learned to do with cymbals, and you could probably apply this to drums as well, a snare drum or a kit. When it comes time, like when I when it came time to buy those exists, <clears throat> I just listened to every video I could. Same. And it could be the top tier drum center of Portsmouth, Memphis drum shop forks with a nice recording setup in a room, giving sound samples or some dude's ratty ass cell phone that clips every time he hits it. My favorite. Like take all of those and average out across. Say you find 20 videos for the crash you're looking for. Just average out, and you should get a gen. You know, you know this room was a little fatter, and this room was a little tinnier, and this one sounded terrible because it was somebody's cell phone. I think you can generally take the average of all that and get a general idea of whether you're brave enough to order that sight unseen. Yeah. Um, but like I said, probably if I was to give it to anybody, Memphis probably does the best job of staying. Yeah, I would, fairly neutral. I would have had that to him all day long. Yes. Um, a big thing. For me, uh, I had to learn the hard way, and I still couldn't get it right. Um, 
I wish that you could go to some of these places and they have like an outside like yeah, yeah. And it's like when I went to play that gig for Colin, I thought I had my snare drum tuned immaculate. And I got outside and my snare drum sounded like crap. I did everything I could for that 30 minutes I had of setting up and sound checking. And it still sounded like crap and I was like hated myself the entire gig. I was well, like, it, I was it, like it, this is dumb. I don't know why I brought this dumb wooden snare drum out. I should have just brought a metal drum. Probably wouldn't sound as bad. I'm like, but we're playing outside. So I brought six and a half. I'm like, this should be beefy enough. It wasn't. Well, if it makes you feel any better, it sounded fine on the video. So, but it's always going to be a difference when you're trying to tune for outside versus in. I basically tune that kit now for outside. Um, and the rest of it be damned. You know, I don't want to get to the hangout and have to rework the kit. Now it's yeah. tuned basically for outside. If I need a little tiny inside kit, I'll play the Midtown. Um, so, you know, it's always going to be, and it happens here a lot. We've done it with <clears throat> probably five of those six snares over there where I had it perfect in here. And then we get to the juke joint on Sunday. And it's, it's like, gross. no, tighten it up, tighten it yeah. up, you know? So yeah, that's always going to be, be a thing. Um, Richie goes, are we calling the pandemic the pandy now? I'm so behind on stateside Dude, it's idioms. The panty, man. Miss the homies. That's we are that's that's the, the, the cute way of saying it without getting in trouble or getting flagged on Instagram or yeah, <laughs> YouTube the, now is just call it the panty. Or the demi if you want to get There you go. It's almost like the Pat Boom Demi Boom. <laughs> <laughs> um Reggie continues, by the way, how many flat rides have you guys played? I'm in love with the stick tone of say a K a flat K. The lack of bell is an obvious con, but having a bell on the side is worth it to me. I love flat rides. I just don't have the ability to play anything that requires me to have that much stick definition with not a lot of loudness. Um, the best sounding flat ride I've heard so far has been a 22-inch. Well, there's two of them. Uh, one is a Zildjian uh, that Rick Dior has. He has an older one. It's a Peisty. No, he has a Peisty one. Okay, there's three. Yeah, <laughs> he has an 18-inch Peisty that sounds dope. He has an old flat K that sounds amazing. And then the third one is I've recently heard is a 22-inch Istanbul traditional dark flat, I think is yeah. the full name. Or it be the traditional flat. Those sound amazing. I love flat rides. They're just super duper quiet. Um, I have that 18-inch crystal beat I got from, not crystal beat, crystal ride I got from Hugh. That thing is amazing, but you definitely have to be playing a lighter style of music um, for it to go through. Some guys play them as like really weird crashes, and that's cool. Um, but I just know that without the bell, the bell is your projection. Yeah. Um, without the bell, you lose a lot of uh, volume. Perfect world for me. I would love to have a big 22-inch flat ride and just go to town um, to my heart's content. But you got to have it mic'd for it to be viable. If any, if any guitar amp-based music. Now you get to like smaller yeah. stuff. Oh, you're you're perfect. Playing a small room while you're just playing um, with just a, a not a not loud music. Yeah, I think anything I, I acoustic. I, I, I can't echo your thoughts enough. Are they super cool? Yes. Yes. Do they sound super cool? Yes. Are they hyper niche? Oh my God. Because like you said, the stick articulation, whatever you lose 
most of your volume. And every time I've ever seen anybody of you know hyper professional using a flat ride, that ride's mic'd by itself with a condenser. When I would basically be buying that mic to use it for one gig. And I don't even know that I have that gig right now, like a super small room where I had to be very conscious of my volume. Yeah. So in a perfect world, yes. In the normal world, I don't know that it's that useful because I've heard a lot of models, Zildjian's, Sabian's, and Istanbul's flat rides, <clears throat> and they have the flat ride for the Istanbul Exist Dark Dry. Yeah. It's like, it's not even $200. And I know that that's not even a, a an option because it would sound cool in here because I'm by myself, but I'm never going to use it anywhere else, and it's going to be so niche it's just it, it wouldn't be worth the purchase when I could get something else way more useful. Yeah, so. that's my only thing because I, I love them. They're they're super cool, and they're the one that Dave Weckl just got put out by uh, Sabian. That one sounds phenomenal. If they could just the, I would say, the most usable dark ride or most usable flat ride is the flat ride that Dream puts out because theirs is not a true flat ride. Oh, theirs, so like has, a, a theirs has theirs has a very a very small I mean a tiny like eighth of an inch bell on theirs it gives it just enough but everything else nipple is, yeah but everything else is is truly flat um I would really like to get a larger one if I could just get it like to borrow from someone I'd like to try it out with like put it with a bass guitar and a singer and just play outside and just see how it sounds or play it in a room and just see what it would sound like in, in a mix with like being unmiked just to yeah for like kicks and giggles just yeah. to definitely you know. some experimentation would be required but i would love to have one um i've played a couple richie uh to sum it all up i love them but they're just very specific very um uh i know that hugh on a couple of those records he did he used only that 18 inch uh crystal ride that I have of his now. That was yeah. his only ride he used. Um, I used that in my rehearsals for a while when we were trying to be quiet, and it sounded really good. Cause but I'm, it made cause sense. I, yeah. He was doing a fully mic'd up recording of a jazz band. Yeah. Perfect instance for that to be used. More general use, maybe not. But, you know, it's hyper cool, but you better know what you're going after, I think, when you go for that. Yeah. Very specific. Um Mike goes, I order all my symbols direct from Boss Fritz, and it's always a gamble. That symbol in the video I sent, I hated it for the first year <laughs> or two I had it, but it totally changed over time. Trust the process. They aren't making or sending out bad symbols. Uh, just not always settled in right away. Takes time. Well, he's right, and that's a. I think it's so important with symbols, especially so more than drums. You really have to trust the process. Um, my set of phosphoruses, which is the old Stanton Moore signature, which is the 22-inch wide ride, the 20-inch trash crash, and the 14-inch fat hats. I liked them at the beginning. God, that was 15 years ago. I, I loved them at the beginning, <laughs> and I've loved them ever since. But I will admit, if you were to, like now, if you blindfolded me and let me hear the way those sound, those symbols sounded the day I bought them, and then you let me hear the way they sound now, I would pick the sound now way more because it's, and I'm not joking, it is 15 years of hand grease, sweat, 
gunk that has been put on those symbols. And now I would consider them on the class level of an old K. Like they have been seasoned to perfection. But like Mike mentioned, that took 15 years of me trusting that those symbols would be worth more. Like those symbols are worth more to me now than what I purchased them for. Uh, so much so that if you were to offer me any kind of stupid amount of money, I wouldn't sell them. And to further make sure that I'm not ever dumb enough to sell them, I took whatever the kind of, there's like two kinds of spray paint, one that doesn't come off and one that comes off. I bought the one that doesn't come off and spray painted my my stenciled initials on the bottom of those symbols. So I can't sell them. Yeah. I would have to literally list in the description, yeah, these are blah, 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 but they've got my name on them and they're not coming off. So I think Mike's right. Really... Regarding symbols, yeah, if you know what you're going for, when you get that symbol in, you might have to trust in the fact that it might not sound perfect now. It might sound perfect two years from now, yeah, two months from now, but not now. So that's something that always I think has to be kept in mind. You know, when doing the whole symbol online thing. Um, Richie goes. I also think confidence comes from the return policy. Sorry, Jared, my typing this morning is crap. You're fine, Richie. I know it is. Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed for you guys, way over there in the land of the rising sun. Yes, but he's right. I have no problem ordering from Sweetwater. Um, typically, all of the the the, the big drum centers, uh, guitar center, and now even eBay with the eBay thirty-day money-back guarantee. I feel confident in the purchase, knowing that if either something A is wrong or if it's just really not right, like not kind of not right, but like no. You can send that stuff back, and Sweetwater's really clear about it. They're straight up like, you are not happy with your purchase. Send it back, and we will find what you want, uh, which was so odd. I was telling you about the mix-up with the getting sent the wrong symbols. I would really think that this nameless drum center, after shipping me the wrong product, once they got it back and yesterday, clearly saw, oh, this is what we're trying to sell them, and this is what we shipped them completely wrong set of hi-hats, not even close. You would think the guy that handles the online orders would have picked up the, not the phone, he doesn't have my phone number, but picked up the eBay app, opened up the messenger directly to me and been like, hey man, sorry about the mix-up, which is totally understandable. Can we get you the right ones? You would think they would want to keep the money. Yeah. Besides the fact that they had to pay a processing fee for the, for the credit card charge on the front end, probably have to pay a processing fee to refund my money yep. and had to pay for the shipping to me sending it back to them all the way up there, you would think they would be like, oh, well, let us just send you the right ones where we don't have to. But no, they've let the whole refund go through, and it's like, did you not want the money? There's a lot of sunk costs that come with that. You would yeah. think they'll try to pad it as much as they could. Uh, I would imagine on $200, the processing fee for, on a credit card is probably a dollar or so. So let's say it's $3, and then... The shipping to me would probably would have been 20 bucks. Shipping back is about a little less because there was only one symbol or set of symbols in that box. Yeah. So safe. So they're at about $20 loss off of $200. And they didn't even follow up to yeah. be like, hey, man, can we just send you the right ones? Because now once that refund goes back on my credit card, I've told you, I know where the next pair is. And it's coming from a completely different drum shop. Yeah. And now this other nameless drum shop doesn't get the sale and has to eat the about $20 in cost for the mix up and so didn't that, even bother to follow up. Yeah. Now the profit margin on that is gone. Yeah. So, I mean, cause the, the general rule of thumb 
that we used in college was a eight percent markup. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's so, probably a little more than that in the symbols, but it's not a huge yeah. markup. Um, so I really didn't understand that. And like Richie said, it makes me feel better that you know, sucks for them, but that's your return policy. Yeah. And obviously, this is not even a question because you sent me the wrong thing in general. But I think generally nowadays you can order pretty confidently with the big places knowing that they do have your interest at heart and they want you to get what you really like. Yeah. Um, and then Richie says, by the way, that kit sounded great. Uh, Mike goes, thanks, Richie. He goes, music stores kind of suck here like everywhere. Only really a fan of the used gear at stores or music go round. Lots of players here circulating used gear, though, and that helps. I so um, wish we still had a music go round. Richie goes, LOL, Fog Hat. Fog Hat. Fog Hat. Goes, Fog Hat practically had a house gig at the Grand in Gulfport. Yep, them and the Toadies with CPR Fest. And there's probably a handful of bands that just, that's all they do is that we're retired casino circuit. Um, Because you do, if you notice over the years, it's like, oh, yeah, they always kind of come closer to the holidays. And this band always comes in the summer. And. Blackstone Cherry or whatever they're called. They come during when it's beach time, and so yeah, he's right. They pretty much did have like a house. Yeah, there was gig. like there was like two or three bands at the Gold mm-hmm. Nugget um, that are always guaranteed to come play. Uh, I can't remember who they are. I'll have to ask Miss Brenda because I know that she works with the lady that does all the mm-hmm. all the booking for but all. They that. find the ones they like that's yeah. in the price range that they know their customers like, and of course they're going to repeat that probably yeah. as much as they can. And all these old people come out. Oh, yeah. And party down. So. Oh, they will. Uh, um, and then we got, it goes, have you ever ordered a symbol you loved, but it didn't mix with your other symbols at all? I had an almost close encounter when I bought that special dark dry 19-inch uh, effects crash recently. Almost. I was like, this is a little wild. And then I put it with that uh, dark complex, too. And it sits really well. And I was like, well, this, I lucked out. That's almost like a China, but it's not. And I got really lucky with that. Uh, one that definitely s- did not mix at all, which I sold recently, was that 18-inch Oriental. Crash of Doom? No, that Crash of Doom goes. Out of all my Zildjian stuff, if I sell in it, I will never get rid of that just because it's so sentimental to me. Yeah. Like that and that K Dark Ride, that I K Custom Dark Ride I got. In high school, I'll always keep those. I don't. I can't get rid of those. Uh, my mom got both of those for me. Those yeah, are, those are very special to me. But um, that Oriental trash china was oh, just okay. that china was just even even for the aggressive stuff I was playing in high school when I was playing like prog metal stuff with Sebastian Rayback and Austin Jones. That was still even for like how I mean we had the big muff on. Austin's bass just fuzz for days, um, like Erica Badu's hair, just big fuzz. And then um, Sebastian's playing with a violin bow and other stuff. It was just a crazy sound we had. Yeah, that, even that China was just way too much. And I played it, tried to stack it. Everything I, st- I stacked it with would make it so high pitch and like yeah. gross. And I just stopped playing it. It literally just sat in a corner. Uh, for years until it's, I sold it recently. It's tough. I did it with the, uh, and it's, it's kind of what he's asking and kind of not because I am completely happy with it. 
but that exist dry and dark 20 inch crash is a beautiful sounding symbol you can use it as a ride you can use it as a crash it has the coolest dark buttery sound but because it's so thin and so dark we found it out the very first time i took it to the juke joint it does not put out the volume that any of those other exists put out especially the regular exist stuff not the dark dry stuff but the regular aa style it gets buried in the mix so i i still wouldn't sell it i'm not going to get rid of it it's it works perfectly here at the house but it didn't work in the mix of all those other symbols because it just doesn't have, it's just like if you were playing and it was like, you know, as far as volume level, eight, 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 six, 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 two. And then, you know, all of a sudden you can't hear, you can he- see me hitting it, but you can't hear anything. I won't get rid of it. Yeah. But that's the only downside of that. Granted, I think we found the fix with uh, putting the, and I can't believe I'm doing this because I'm mixing brands and totally fighting my OCD. But the Zildjian Spiral Stacker, which is a great, probably the best thing in my opinion that Zildjian's ever made because it's the most useful. You can set, because it's a spiral and it'll move, you can set it on anything. There's no question of, will the, the top symbol in a stack fit? It's going to fit anything. So we put that on top of that and it's like an instant 180. Yeah. Now it's significantly louder because of the spiral trash or whatever it's called. And it gives me that good stack sound. Like I said, I took it out to the gig Sunday at the Juke before you got there, and it sounded perfect. Um, but that would be the one for me. It was like, yeah, it is perfect. It sounds great. But technically, is it usable? Not really. So that's why I kind of caution people when they look at the Exist stuff in the Istanbul, the dry dark, not the dark ion or the regular Exist, but that dry dark stuff. Sound is one thing, but also you have to take into account that volume yeah. issue. Um, let's see. Mike goes, Jared, I got a flat ride that I hate and I'll give you a super, super, super cheap. Yeah. Message me on, on Instagram. I do. I love flat rides. I, <laughs> I, if I, if, if I could only be able to play like piano bar music with an upright bass player. I would sell everything I have at dumb cheap, get that 16-inch Gretsch USA yeah, custom go, kit, yeah. and now I'd play nothing but flat rides and 13-inch <laughs> hats. I would be in hog heaven. Because that would be... I would... I Like, like dumb dream gig would be able to have all that and then just play, like, Night Tunisia and Girl from Empanema for, like, six hours a night. Like, what do you play? I play Girl from Empanema. <laughs> what else do you play? That's it. Play Girl from Ipanema. I mean, that's, that's it. it. Over we, and over again. The upright bass player. We just play. We just change the tempo and we'll swing it. Yeah. Halfway now through. Now we do it Latin. Yeah. Now we do it bluegrass. Now yeah. we do it. Long and tan, the land from land. Doom, doom, doom. Girl from Ipanema. Come flowing. Do, do, do. That'd be so much fun. Because you'd have, because it'd have to be quiet. I'd have to have a bunch of, you know, old gray haired dudes. Like, to me, like, the perfect place would be like playing at like Biloxi Yacht Club, bass yeah. snare, hi hat, oh, yeah. flat ride. And brushes, and you're just like a little, a little mojito. Mm-hmm. Your shirt's unbuttoned now because it's hot. You know, <laughs> you're also probably soft because you're playing at a yacht club, and it's you know true. And you're just having fun at that point. You know, yeah. that'd be uh, that's like that's when you get out the special hue sticks, the with, oh, the, yeah. with the weird vented tips, and you're just that'd be that'd be a lot of fun to play that. But yeah, Mike, message me on Instagram, and we'll we'll, we'll get it going. We'll talk numbers. 
Um, and then Mike goes, I love how Steven said seasoned for uh, symbols. It's like a flat top and a diner. It seasons over time and looks way worse, but cooks way better with more flavor. It really does. I think it's like very true. It's very true. Like one of the weirdest sounding symbols I've ever seen. It's on YouTube. And it's like a short 10 second video. And it's the driest ride. And it is like some old like Zilco esque like Canadian off brand. Some guy made it like super cheap, but it is like coked and caked and dust and grime and whatever God knows that's been around. And it is one of the driest, coolest sounding things I have ever heard. Like Lance, I can't say his last name, like wishes he could have something like Campo that. Campo or Campo, Cam- yeah. yeah. Like that thing is like, it is insane. Like if I was able to go like do like a studio gig, I would bring that weird thing. Like you need a you need a, a big band recording. Bring that bad dry boy out. That's gonna cut straight through a horn section. Just it's just ding ding ding. There's no afterthought. But that's it is how just, you get. And I'm dead serious when I say seasoned. I do mean seasoned. And Mike hit it on the hit the nail on the head. Just like a grill or an oven or a frying pan, that you have to do that with with cast iron frying pans. Uh, you know, we can talk about like Sabian did. You could take all the symbols in the world, cover them in dirt, and bury them for a year, and I don't think you would get half of the result that you did if you simply just didn't clean your hands or walk, clean the symbol and like really season that thing up to the point where you got it. Either you know, I guess if you're looking for a darker muted sound, whatever. Um, but I wouldn't even say it's necessarily darker muted because my Bosphorus symbols, they're not any darker than they were 15 years ago. They're not really that more muted. They just have a different texture to them. So I think, you know, that's really what it is. That's why we our favorite pizza place, Brooklyn's, we talk about it all the time. The reason that pizza is so good is because that oven is 30 years old. Yeah. I grew up in a bowling alley. My family owned a bowling alley when I was a kid, and it is not far from here. It's still there. It's 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 not in business. Guess what's in that bowling alley? A huge flat top griddle, like Mike said. And if I had the money and I was like rich, I would pay to have that thing taken out of that bowling alley and put in my house. Because you know <laughs> that grill, which is probably 40 years old, is seasoned like an MFR and would make the best hamburger you ever had. And it's the same thing with the symbols. You know, if you take the time to really if that's your thing, if you want to keep them super clean, I can understand that. Yeah. Even though it will still will age with time. It's just probably more about time if you have a super clean symbol. But if you're like us and you like to dirty stuff up, that's half the fun of getting to the end result of the perfect ride symbol was all that DNA that ends up on there after 10, 15, 20 years. Yeah, and some guys like freak out over like the, the, the green stuff, I call Sometimes it. Sometimes that's the best stuff. I, I, if I see the green, I'm like, we're good. It's like I know it's it's been cooking. Um, I know it's like probably gross to some people, or it's probably dangerous to the metal. Yeah, but like I, because that literally is oxidation, and I have some symbols that have green spots, small ones, and I specifically, even if it, like the symbol gets accidentally brushed on the couch or whatever, I don't want that green gone. I want that green to stay there. Yeah, I'd rather that's half of what you know. Yeah, of, of the process. Like it, it you gotta have the green stuff. Like I feel, it's all, to me, it reminds me of uh, 
Beauty and the Beast, like try the gray stuff. It's delicious. Try the green stuff. Like, yeah, try the green stuff. Yeah, let it don't let wash it get hands. on there. Yeah, like if it if it's bad after a while and you don't it, you freak out, just take it off. But honestly, like a little bit of green here and there is like it's good. I mean, it's you <laughs> it's got, you good. Got, it's it's good. good. I mean, like if I sweat a lot at a gig and I touch a symbol, like I'll kind of wipe it off. But I want that green stuff on there. No, like I'm with it, you. I'm like with I, you. It needs to be like. The less of a label you see on a symbol, you know it sounds good because someone has had to play it and, oh, it's, yeah. and it's been out there. Mm-hmm. Like if you get anything used and you have to struggle to figure out what it is, it's probably going to sound great because someone's played the crap out of it. Mm-hmm. And it's going to all about time. It's on a, and it's going to sound good. Yeah. Uh, kind of like that weird old A that I got from Binder. Well, yeah, all the yeah. rivets in it sounds really good for having sixteen hundred rivets in it. I mean, yeah. it's but it's there and it's old. Uh, I'm a little upset that when he had to tape the symbols down or that, I got all that tape residue on the larger one. But it's got the other stuff on it, and I don't want to clean it to get that tape residue nope. off because it's it's going to sound way different. And so I've just kind of sucked it up. That might be part of the magic ten years from now is that tape residue. It just mutes it ever so slightly. There you go. It's like it's it's natural moon gel. Uh, we got Mike goes. Uh, let me backtrack. Richie goes, or you can flip a gong on its side and use it as a ride. Like I was telling a while back, we had a tam tam that had a hole in the middle of it made for cymbal stands that I wish I would have stolen. Because uh, it's, I was like, I always wanted to play it as a ride. And it sounded cool on a on a cymbal stand. I was like, ah, that'd be such a cool sound to have because it's it's flat and then at the very end it goes straight down like a well, it's not. Hard edge, but it rounds off to the yeah, to being like, like, a, like a soft apart. ninety. Like that would be, you know, I'm, well, crap. Pepper doesn't work there anymore. He got a, he's a now new band director at Van Cleef. Good for him. But I'll have to try to figure out anyone. Like, do you guys actually use this? No, I'll pay you for it. This is <laughs> this is straight money into the the music department. Like I will buy this off of you. No one has used this in my years there. You know and you you're got, not using and it. You know you're not using it. It's like there's stuff that's there that my dad built for y'all. It's like throw me a bone. But like that uh Tam Tam stand, that was a piece of crap. My dad redid the the bottom for it and put casters on it. Like, give me this freaking <laughs> thing. Like my grandpa welded the aluminum on that back, like which was no easy feat. No, no. Uh it's like to make it not lean over because you guys abused everything no one took care of anything I'm like so you know throw me a bone you know hundred dollars for that big old ride thing like well it's technically it's this black no you don't use that you definitely you don't need it you don't need it you have that old there's two sets of old days that the school has that's key holding i was like i'll buy them off of you you just buy something better and it's like give me those because you guys aren't appreciative of it and it's like use it as a suspended symbol and then a ride Crash slash crash for the jazz band because there's no crash symbol for the drum set. Yeah, I just used those two, which was always really weird looking back at it. Like I was playing Hugh before I even knew Hugh. I was I was playing twelve, sixteen, twenty-two with a twenty-inch old day key hold and a pair of thirteen-inch old day hi hats. Killing you're, it. You're an old man before you know. I was. It. I guess it's always been that way. It's just one of those things, man. Just love it. And I, I don't know if anyone else is did band in high school but if you guys have any like old stuff like that you know always share that because that's always super cool to me is seeing everyone's upbringing but i guess it's one of those things kind of going back to it it does that old a and old 13s yep. i mean 
sound great because it's had a bunch of grubby snot nosed yep high schoolers half the magic hand on it half the magic i wonder what that would be like for you know how we have um like metal drums and they always put that coating on the outside what would it be like to have like a raw kind of like how the keith carlock has the patina on it for that snare drum but what if we could like just get, get a raw shell and treat it the exact same way you think i wonder the patina i wonder what that would sound like like go through and because i guess it's the the same theory would work for all those um uh, like sunken wood yeah shells like why not do it for it's possible pre-patina yeah Let's see. We got Mike Malone. Or let's see. Or you could put your own legacy member sticker on your symbol to take away a little bit of the wash. Perfect point. Uh, <laughs> goes Bearded Drums legacy member signature symbol muffling stickers. <laughs> Jesus Christ. An LMS <laughs> CMS. I almost feel like that. Uh, <laughs> like, like all the shorthand stuff we have is like, um, what's that guy's name? Brett from Gibraltar, how he has to remember all, all those skews. model skews. <laughs> it's like, it's your LCMF dash. No, it's always it. SC. Yeah. Gibraltar SC dash whatever. Yeah. And that is like, I remember that from working at the store. That's, you're talking about a million skews. God, the <laughs> worst. Um, Might go, Steven really needs a Ludwig kit and that bowling ball wrap finish with a custom head that says Nelson Lanes or whatever it was called. And then I've actually thought, um, and I don't know, I guess it would be uh, like your snare, a, a, a laved uh, stave. Yeah. I always thought about, because if you've ever been to a bowling alley, <clears throat> the wood. I'm having the same thought. Yeah. The wood from the lanes. Now, the lanes are a little bit harder because they're kind of like a drum shell. They're lacquered. You know, there's lacquer. But the approach where you walk up and down, I've always thought about, going in there and ripping up enough because they're like a, a bunch of thin boards and they're all kind of aged differently. So they just a slightly different tone in the color. Yeah. Having a bunch of those ripped up and having somebody make a the, stave snare out of bowling lane approach wood. That would be super dope. And then, cause you would, I it's would, good wood. Uh, yeah. All those, uh, they're synthetic nowadays, but back in the day, that's all uh, either hickory or maple. God, having, and then you got all the dirt and grime on that maple on mm -hmm. that approach. Or if it's hickory, talk about one of the. Maybe uh, the, maybe I'll have something for Swindle in like ten years. Be like, hey man, here is eighty pounds of bowling lane approach wood. Make a stave snare out of it. <laughs> that would probably be one of the loudest things you. Would, that would be a. It'd probably be since it's super hard. It would probably be super articulate. That'd be like one of those. Uh, you put that with like diecast cast It's like one of what does he call them? That's a brush only drum. Yeah, yeah. It's like you only play brushes on brushes on that bad boy. Nothing else. That's what it's made for. Just super articulate, very tactile. I guess would be the. I have to keep that in mind for uh, for, for a, a project for down the road. Like someone will make me a drum out of this. There we go. I can do that. That'd be dope. Uh, Mike goes get on a Breslow. Um, Richie goes. <laughs> <laughs> Richie goes, if the legacy sticker is a magnet, I'm down. That would be pretty cool. Uh, Richie goes, my grandpa had a Revolutionary War snare drum. That's not my parents' house. She was using it as a coffee table. My grandpa was an editor for uh, Nat Geo, so he was gifted all kinds of neat That's things. That's cool. It hurts me because I 
love love rope tension drums or any of those old ones. Yeah, because they're all because they're made out of what's really cool about the Union series that Noble and Cooley has. It's the uh, it's made of tulip. Yeah, which was super common for um, those big marching drums we made out of, and those drums sound amazing. If if you've never one, if anyone's not checked those out, the Union series by Noble and Cooley, solid tulip. Yeah. So good, like super fat. It's almost like if like if mahogany, like took some steroids and like <laughs> got a really nice haircut and like a good tan. Like it's just turned its life around. Yeah, really, really just solid job. Good girlfriend, couple of kids on the way. Yeah, like like the nuclear family, like nineteen fifties. Like that's <laughs> that that that's what tulip is to me. If you had like to make it into a person. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, it's like it's got its life on track. It's got a good job. Uh, weekends off. Nice four hundred one k going. Oh, solid. You know, uh, summer job. Like the kids work summer jobs to go through college. Like you know, that's that's one. That's like it's cushy. It's super boomer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, living the dream. <laughs> White picket fence. That's what tulip is to me. So good. Again, that's it for for comments. Oh, okay. Well. Um, that was kind of tangent off of what we were talking about, but still I think the uh, the main thought does apply. I think we're all going to have to get used to the fact that at some point you're going to have to buy something offline and you might have to do it sight unseen. Yeah, because I've been looking at the Istanbul's on Reverb, and there's a couple that are like really cheap, and I've been trying to find like, like sound files on but they But it's they're they're all kind of safe because it's all the traditional yeah. series, so it's basically... I've had a couple traditional pieces. I don't think you can go wrong with a with an agop traditional, I really it, don't think it's all like K's basically. Yeah, but that they sound better than I hate saying, but they sound better than regular K's. What? <laughs> like they, they sound it, it sounds weird. They sound more like K's than K's do, which which shouldn't be a thing to have. Hey, you know, I, I have to I have to go with you because I'm a recent convert myself, and I never thought I would do that. But you know, here we are. Yeah, I've been enamored by listening and playing on yours, and it's like. And then getting to see other guys play them, and I'm trying to think who recently. I mean, besides Carter McLean, that's been playing a lot of those. There's some other guy, but like I was thinking about, like you know, like what do I like in my sound? Yeah, I like Gretsch. I like big, warm, and an old school sound, and that's all their stuff is. Yeah. It's like, and all those guys played old K's, but K's don't sound like K's anymore. And all True. those Istanbul stuff has like this cool. Like under low, under like, underline like low sound, and then somehow like this cool like shimmer on top without it being like gross obnoxious. I like lower, darker sounding stuff. I was like, I might have to just. You're gonna have to get brave. We're all gonna have to get brave because it's gonna become part of the daily driver within years. Yeah, you know, you're gonna have to get used to it. So, um, you know, but there's always gonna be options, which is the great thing about. Sweetwater and Guitar Center and all these stores, we do have plenty of options. Um, but to get back to what Richie was saying, if Richie wasn't here when we did it, again, we want to thank all of our legacy members, Mr. Joshua Breslow, Mark Whitman, David Huckstep, AR Drummer, Charlie Smith, Spencer Cragsith, Mike Malone, the Momo himself, even though he's not here tonight. Mr. Richie Henry, all the way from the land of the rising sun, David Supertinent, and of course, we forgot, but don't want to forget him this time, Mr. BB Photo. Photo. We will have this list um, updated for all you guys 
next week with the guys we missed this week and whoever needs to be added. And then, like you were talking about, Richie, it's not a magnet, but everybody that is on the list I just mentioned, if you will send me your mailing address, you will get sent your soon-to-arrive Bearded Drums Legacy Member Nice vinyl die cut sticker which you see on the screen here so all of the guys whose names i mentioned if you will send me your mailing address i will get those out to you i only have 10 coming as of right now we'll have another 10 coming after that and that should take care of probably most of the guys that are here on a daily basis and then after that we can go ahead and just pay to have some uh a bunch of them made and they do do coasters they do magnets they do all kinds of stuff so we can have a bunch of the stuff made so that's the sticker you will be getting as a legacy member all you have to do and i'll go back to the list so you can see whose name is on it if your name is on this list as of right now go ahead and send me at bearded at gmail.com send me your mailing address and as soon as the stickers get in i will send out your legacy member st sticker to you so again thank you to all the guys that do hang out with us on a daily basis, y'all, and what makes this, you know, half the fun of hanging out is just getting to talk to all of you. You know, we hope you enjoyed it as you do every week when you come back. Um, Jared, anything else before we get? Well, actually, next week, are we on? We should be. Um, they did update the schedule. I got to double check again tomorrow when I go in at okay. 7, but I'll let so you know. So we're probably on schedule for next week. We'll let you know if anything changes. But anything you want to get off your chest before we get out of here? Oh, well, we got one more comment that oh, okay. I, I want to uh, Mike says, I'm down to pre-order a Stephen Nelson signature bowling lane stave <laughs> there snare. There you go. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, the 14 by 6 inch SNSBLSS and spilt beer natural gloss. <laughs> there you go. That would be. That would spilt be beer natural. natural gloss. Can I get the Coors Light edition? No, I want the Bud Light. No, nah, no, nah, you want the Natty Light, man. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> We will get on it. Uh, that, I'm gonna have to keep. I'm gonna have to remember that that thought now because it is something that is definitely possible for doing. <laughs> so I'll have to keep my mind on that. Um, anything else before we go? Ah, uh, that's it. We're all caught up on comments. Anything you need to say before we get out of here? Um, you know, in the great words of uh, Buster Rhymes on the track scenario, you know, raw, raw like a dungeon dragon. You know, that's all I got to really close out with today. Hey, I don't think of, there's any way you could better close out a show with Busta. Yeah. I mean, he is a prophet. So, remember, as always, we come to you live every Thursday, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. But if you want to hear the audio-only version of the podcast, we are on all major podcast providers, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Simply search the term Bearded Drums. You can hear the audio-only version without having to eat up all of your data. So, with that being said, thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us again. Uh, we will be having some guests on probably next week, if not the week after, but it's probably going to be next week. We'll have a special guest on. I'm not going to let you know who it is. And like I said, if you were on the legacy member list, send me out your, e uh, not your email, your mailing address so I can get your stickers out to you. Remember to send your photos and videos to beardedrums at gmail.com so we can feature your stuff on the show. And other than that, we'll see you on the next one. Later, guys.